welcome to Exiting You Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper. And with me in East Berlin, over the wall, is Clay Williams. What if lighting... Listen to me here. What mm-hmm. if lighting, but bisexual? Ah, that's... <laughs> um, I mean, certainly it's it's been discussed more and more in uh, these kind but of what if? films. But right. what if? What if? That's that's what I that's what I'm trying right. to ponder to everybody. That's like my thought experiment. Is what you know, if? usually in film production you have you have light, right? Like so you can see exactly, like, the actors exactly. in the production. But then, yeah. what if it's a different color? Yeah, and what yeah. if there's another color on top of it? <laughs> Dueling colors. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That... So wait, that's like yeah. the the thing. Like there's two of them. Like, yeah. The, yeah. The root word. Yeah. Okay. I understand there you go. Now. You see, you see. Because <laughs> I was uh, completely lost um, in The Night Comes for Us. And that entire exchange mm. when, when we were at that. <laughs> oh, yes, of course, of course, of course, yes. A lot of, yeah, there, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. We did talk about it, did, we did, didn't we? Okay. Man, I forgot about that. I know, that episode was like a year ago. I mean, that was kind uh, of deep. Uh, let's not talk Crazy, about right? what happened when and... But in the past, I can only, I'm only in the eighties right now. I can, that's where my mind is. That's where I, my <laughs> present is in the 1989. Right, right, right. And I think like, uh, like eventually during this episode, we'll hear in the background, like, doo, 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 like, cause you're like trying to record this and like take down some bad guys. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> at a, yeah, at sure. a nightclub. So. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, the, the, the funny thing is, Jack, the, I do that every episode, but now you're just starting to notice it. So it's, it's right. weird that you commented on it, honestly. Yeah, you got some scars on your face now. You're all like, you know, you have like a thing of vodka. I have, yeah, like I, you, the fucking ba- most baller thing I've ever seen is someone taking an ice bath and then put, taking that ice that you just soaked in and putting it into a glass and pouring vodka in it. Right, you know, just like, what? like, holy shit. That means, like, that's, like, the most intimidating thing you can do that does not require any active violence. Mm-hmm. Just, like, just, uh, yeah, I'm, like, you know, all, like, I'm, bla- like, my back, the back, my back is, like, blackened with all of the bruises known to man, and I'm also drinking vodka out of the, with ice that I just bathed in. Fuck with me. Because <laughs> it's a little bit, like, in, uh, like, classic westerns, you'll see someone shoot another person and then they blow the smoke off the gun to like oh yeah you see that i'm so impressive yeah but see you had to that that required like you know a life being lost to be that intimidating she just drank some vodka that's all she did (laughs) right 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 great goose is nearby and then yeah 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 um welcome to atomic blonde episode um emily jacobson is here how are you hello I'm great. I'm happy to be here. I'm so glad you guys asked me to come on. It's yes, really- of course. Happy to have you here. Sounds good. Um, so. Before we get into Atomic Blonde, we were wondering if you had a specific memory of the movie that got you into movies. Ooh, okay, so I've been listening to you guys' podcasts a lot recently, so I know you guys asked this. Um, uh, I don't know. Damn I guess- it. 
We should have thought of a different question. Ah, oh yeah, that would be the, oh, the first the first time we just switch it up on the person. Just well, I guess yeah. Saffron kind of knew it was coming too. So. Yes, yeah, I listened to Saffron's episode yeah. and she knew, so I was like, okay, I will yeah. think of an answer. <laughs> Double prepared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Did you also watch? Uh, was it Nosferatu at age seven? Is that what you're gonna tell us? Actually, yeah. the funny thing. No, I'm just kidding. No, I didn't. Oh <laughs> God, you got me. You got me for a second. You totally got me. <laughs> Maybe crazy. she's the one in East Berlin right now. Yeah, I'm in East Berlin right now. Um, I don't know if I have a, like a like a specific movie because my like I grew up always kind of like being really into movies because my mom. Um, but I think like the turning point for me was like in high school. I started watching like I don't know if there was one specific movie, but like more independent films. And I remember I think like the first independent film I watched was Like Crazy, even though that's like a very popular independent film. I like that one. Yeah, that and I I watched it and I was like, wow, this is like pretty interesting. It's like pretty different from hmm. any other movie I've seen. Yeah. And then I was like, wow, what's like Sunday? Do you remember who directed that one? I I can't I can't recall. I no. don't know, but I feel like they directed something after. Yeah, yeah, I want to say Drake. Dormus. Dor- Dor- Dormus. Like crazy? Is that what? Like crazy? Yeah, what else did he do? Uh, equals. Spooner. Oh, yeah. He did do Equals. I watched yeah. that just because yeah. he directed right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Breathe in. Breathe in. Uh, Zoe. Noon. He's real. No, I. That's the thing. I'm like are reading these kinda, Are these kind of not real? Yeah, he has a movie I, called Douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm well, serious. I mean, regardless, I, I I quite like like crazy as well. Um, yeah. that's a really strong like quartet of actors with them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, Felicity Jones. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Is Jennifer Lawrence. Yep. Yeah. Um, right, right after um, uh, Winter's Bone, I'm pretty sure, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, I mean the late Anton Yelchin, like mm-hmm. incredible. Oh, always and incredible. Charlie Bewley. That's oh, is he the, the other person? Yeah, he's the other guy. The, yeah, that's right. The other man. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, really like, crazy was your like first real introduction of independent film. Yeah, I get, and then after that, I just was like, let me, we still had the DVD, like, ne- Netflix subscription, so I was like, let me just, like, go on here and, like, move my dad's request down. And Hell yeah. every, like, movie Sick. that I hear about now and stuff, so that's kind of how I got into it more, and then, like, when I got a little bit older, like, at the end of high school, uh... Watching like Carol made me want to like go to film school, and I was like, because I was like, this is like insane. <laughs> so, so yeah. Change. So, so like when you saw, so you're like light crazy, and you're like, man, this is, shit's different. Like I do remember, I, it always is fun. Like when you're younger, you're just like, movies can be different. They're yeah. not like the same thing. Yeah. Like you know, there's always this specific language of all like like there's a specific language in cinema, especially like mainstream or popular American films, mm-hmm. and you're all there's this like kind of language of like. Oh, if they don't show this guy at this point, that means he did it. Or, like, all those kind of little things you pick up. But when you see a movie that's just, like, different, you're just like, what the fuck? What's going mm-hmm. on? Especially um, in uh, in school, we're taught Hero's Journey, for example. And yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, know, like when you break away from that. Of fictional that storytelling. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, like, you saw Like Crazy. What was your, what was, what was the route that you went? Where you were like, you were like, all right, I need to go watch a whole bunch of stuff. Where did you start? Oh, after I saw Like Crazy? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I just started, like, paying attention literally mostly to, like, the 
independent film section on like on demand. Ah. Um, and so I was like, oh, I like am starting to pay attention to like, oh, this festival like Sundance Film Festival mm. has cool stuff or like TIFF or whatever. And so I started like following that a little bit more, and then like getting random. And then also like I would find movies. I think I decided to watch like crazy because Jennifer Lawrence was in it. And I was, like, obsessed with The Hunger Games at the time, so I was watching all of her movies, so I also saw Winter's Bone. Hmm. So I think, like, liking a lot of, like, actors, too, got me into, like, oh, let me just watch this weird yeah. movie they're in. And then I was like, wait, there's, like, really cool other movies out there besides, like, The Hunger Games. So <laughs> I, yeah, I guess after that, I just, like, was, pay- like, paying a lot more attention to smaller films, and I was getting, like, super excited. And I would watch, like, trailers on YouTube all the time, so, like, every trailer that was, like, released would, like, show up. So I'd know... I would just, like, know, I guess, about, like, movie... Like, more independent movies than I did before after that. Mm. Yeah, that's what, You said your mom was uh, big into movies when you What movies did she show you? Like, what kind? Uh, I just remember from, like, a young age, we would just always be watching movies at my house. And, like, especially, like, the Star Wars movies. Like, I love those movies so much uh, because mm-hmm. I grew up watching those. So it's like those, and then just those like classic '80s movies, like Indiana Jones. My mom. Back to the like, Future. Yeah, Back to the Future, Terminator. Like she would just like, she'd be like, "Oh, like there's a new Terminator movie coming out. Like let's like we watched. I watched Terminator Two when I was like eight or like something like absurd. Hell yeah. Like and Hell yeah. stuff. And she and just stuff like that. And like we'd go to Hollywood Video and like pick out a couple rentals for the week and stuff because I think that's really what she likes doing with us. Um, and she's still, now it's funny, I, like, I show her movies now instead of the... Mm, yeah, the tables have turned. Yeah, I, like, know everything now. She used to, she always liked, like, the Oscars, too. She'd, like, tell me everyone who's won or been nominated Oh, before. that's fun. Yeah, so she's, like, always into award shows and stuff like that. So I think that also was, like, nice. a big part of it. But she showed you the good popcorn shit. Like, the real, like, mm-hmm, this is, yeah. this is what, this is how we used to make blockbusters back in the day, kid. This is how it, yeah. you, this is how it is. This is, yeah. this is the, this is the gold. Yeah. We didn't sell movie we didn't sell uh, blockbusters on IP. We sold them on on movie stars. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. directors. It's right. Yeah, exactly. Even Spielberg. Speaking of trailers, you said you love trailers. So was that how you became first in uh first uh uh what's the freaking word? You were become def- informed of atomic blonde was that was that the was a trailer the first thing to be like oh atomic blonde this is coming out or was it something else how did you become familiar with the movie i think it was so my one of my really good friends he like loved the john wick movies and for some reason i was like i don't want to watch it like it looks dumb like what mm. like like someone kills his dog so he's gonna go after, like <laughs> it's and true. I think someone does in fact kill his dog yeah, 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 right. yeah. yeah no spo- I and i think i think it's yeah, it's it's good to remember that Keanu wasn't like doing well in 2014. Exactly. Too. So it's yeah. like it wouldn't be surprising where it's like, oh, really, that guy? And it's like, I mean, every yeah. it's not like his stock went down to like zero, but it wasn't up by any means. Yeah, exactly. When the first one so came like, out. So like he he kept trying to get me to watch it. He like showed me like the nightclub scene where like John, like he's like in the nightclub fighting and like Keanu Reeves had the flu when he shot it and all the stuff, and I like <laughs> refused to watch it for some reason. And then he finally convinced me to watch it, and I was like, yeah, this was, like, pretty sick. So then I think I just heard that the one of the directors from uh, John Wick was, like, making a new movie or, like, he was having a movie coming out. 
And then I do remember seeing the trailer, though, for the first time in, like, a theater. And, like, that trailer is, like, one of the best trailers, like, I've ever seen. Like, those, mm-hmm. that's a sick trailer. Yeah, Focus did a really good job of it. They they had multiple, like, super cool trailers. So mm-hmm. I definitely remember seeing the trailer in the theater and being like, I'm seeing that, and I'm seeing it with my friend <laughs> who showed me John Wick. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Clay, how about yourself? Uh- Um, I'm sorry, I was just trying to imagine the trailer, because I'm like, what needle drop? They must have used a needle drop for that one. I know, like, the trailer showed... The stairway like, scene, I think. There was, oh, there's a stairway scene, they cut, there was this cut that they show of, you know, Sophia Patella and Charlize Theron, you know, uh, getting involved, I'll say. Um, <laughs> and they do a smack, like a, like a hard, hard cut to Toby Jones just being like, and... And so you made contact with the front, you know, that, that it's in the movie too, but like that, I remember that under this, like, fuck, I forget the song. I'm so horrible with music, but no, I mean the trailer, no, the trailer was definitely like super impressionable. I mean, I, 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 I think I'm the same way in the sense of like, I heard David Leach, co-director of John Wick. And I don't think for a long time. I should also mention, just for those that don't know, like, choreographer for the Wachowskis and uh, co-directed John Yeah, it was... So it's like long-time um, stuntman, you know. Which one was Keanu Reeves' stunt double? Was it Chad or David? I or were they both his stunt double? It was um, both. But yeah. I could be wrong. I believe. Um, but, like, yeah, David Leach. And I don't know if I always... I, I was always kind of confused by, like, when I got into... The, like, when I first saw the John Wick movies, like, that was... The first one, I mean. Like, that's when... I started to really get into the movies like 2016, 2015, that kind of that kind of time, um, and or maybe I forget when I first saw it. It might have been, must have been like 2015 or 2014. But like, I didn't understand the con- like I didn't understand the concept of like co-directors, and I, and if I did, I didn't understand the idea of one being not credited and one being credited. And then of course, like I learned later about the DGA and those weird ass rules or whatever. But like. <laughs> I was, and so I'm just, like, the co-director of John Wick, and I'm like, okay, I get, like, I'm like, and I didn't even know how, what that meant in the sense of who did what, and what that kind of, how that works, when I was that, like, in, back in, like, 2017 and 2016, I'm just kind of like, how do you, like, co-direct something? Um, (laughs) There's two Coen brothers? Yeah, exactly, yeah, one of those, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And I'm like, okay, I mean, I like John Wick, I don't know how much... And like how much he's responsible for the John Wick I like, but I liked it, and so I definitely want to see what he does next. Another action movie, Charlie's Theron, like mm-hmm. those two, and like this is two years after Fury Road. I don't, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure she didn't make an action movie within that span. This is our first um, Charlie's movie after our first episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, Fury yeah. Road is your first episode. Mm, sure. Yeah, yeah, we just we wanted to get out of the way, right? Yeah. Like you know, like let's start it out on a good note. <laughs> let's start. Yeah. Perfect movie. Yeah. Um, and my classic. Yeah. No, it's like one of the, my favorite movies ever made, and you know her performance in it, of course, was lauded and is still lauded to this day. But it was definitely like, oh, it's her first action movie since um, since uh mad max and everyone was just kind of like well now she's found this kind of new tier of stardom like this is like she's always she's already been like a known actress but that role kind of broke her out into being like now this viewed as this 
even though it was like only one real action movie she was, she was in at that point, she was already viewed as almost someone like uh, Oscar winner Sig- too. Doesn't yeah, but like she was already viewed as like a new Sigourney Weaver of like just because mm-hmm. that movie was so gigantic and she was so good in it that people just like oh our new action star. It's one movie. Who cares? She's our new action star. And of course, she was smart enough to follow it up with Atomic Bond just two years later. Um, and she produced this, of course, heavily involved. Probably was the main person who got this made, honestly. Yeah, and she I'm used sure a lot of her capital like from Mad Max Road to get, you know, get your foot, get their foot into some doors and get some financing for this. Um, and so I was like, okay, trailer, trailer looked dope. The cast looked stacked. Um, it was very poppy and very, like, you could already tell, like, there was an aesthetic choice in it. And I still wasn't that... I still didn't really totally understand, like, aesthetic uh, choices in the sense of, like, distinct style and, like, what goes into that and how that, oh, like, reflects onto a movie. Um, so I see it in theaters. I don't... If I, if I forget it, I saw it with someone. Let's see. I might have... I might have logged it. Um, mm. But definitely saw it in theaters back in, like, Virginia... I want to say either I think the AMC courthouse like something I a, a place I um oh no wait this is in 2017 what am I saying I just moved it to Portland at this point it's I late just summer, moved to, I believe yeah I just moved to Portland at this point and went by myself this was at a summer like the 20 the summer of 2017 when I just moved to Portland was a time when I watched a ton of movies by myself because I lived mm. I lived right near a theater and I could like my mom like drove me like five minutes away and just dropped me off and nice. like I would go see it and then she'd like drive five minutes to pick me up um and so yeah i saw that in theaters um i remember loving it not loving it i remember really digging it and just having a ball watching it really like a theater experience didn't understand a single fucking thing when i watched it like <laughs> i could not like i was just what is happening i don't know but this is cool uh she you know like just like She's kicking a lot of ass. Everyone is really hot in it. Like, I can't. I, you know, cool music, fun fights, just like, and I just was like, all right, cool. I'm out. That was great. <laughs> I don't, I couldn't tell I'm you out, what happened. And then if they want more, I'm in. Yeah, exactly. Did you put the um, Rebecca Bullness tag, like, whole cast hot or something? Oh, I mean, whole cast is hot. I mean, and <laughs> all right, I'll even include to- Toby Jones, actually. I think. <laughs> He has something yeah. going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of business. A lot of business. Always a lot of business. Uh, but yeah, no, and, and that was also yeah. like it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, character actors. There's like they're in here. Like I, I, I just like I, I don't know. For some reason, this was another movie where I'm just like, oh yeah, there's all these character actors that I just know instantly, and mm-hmm. they're in this random like Hollywood yeah. like Hollywood action movie. And it's almost um, like you're rewarded for for recognizing. The- especially Toby Jones. That's when I was like, oh hell yeah. Hell yeah, Toby Jones. Just one of, like, the best faces and, like, physiques in the business. Just someone who's so unique and interesting and always, like, fun to watch. Yeah. Hey, Eddie Marsden and uh, Bill Skarsgård, like, you, they're not too far off from character actors either, I suppose. This, and this was the same year as It for yeah, Skarsgård. Yes, that's true. Yes. That, yeah. He's yes, great. I like, yeah. I like him. I like He's Bill. really talented. I mean, him as Pennywise, I mean, like, I, I've never watched the sequel. I don't really plan. Uh, maybe I will at it's one point, good. but I just saw the first one. Uh, he's incredible. Just as, like, a 
presence and as just like a fucking he's good in nightmare. the sequel. I shouldn't say like I agree with what you're saying. I don't like chapter two, but I, he's good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, when does he? Play? I like the yeah. I like that. Um, there's those behind the scenes videos of um, himself and the child actors in chapter one, um, and they'll do a scene and then they rap and then he'll like talk to him like, "Hey, are you guys are you guys doing well?" It's just like the fact that yeah, he's not a monster. Are, he's not. Yeah, he didn't not, like right, right. He didn't like do like Daniel Day Lewis and be like, "I can't. I can only dress them as the kids I want to eat." Like, you would dress me as Pennywise. I am yeah, not, I'm not Bill when I'm on set. Or when I go home, it's like, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but he's definitely like the most start. Yeah. Like he's the most scary looking of all the scars guard. He's like, and they chose if they if they had the, all the choices of the scars guard. If like, if fucking and, and, uh, Andy Muschietti was like, all right, I need to cast a scars guard as Pennywise. I got three choices here. <laughs> I got four if I want to get creative and do Peter. But he's not a real scars guard. He's a sars guard. Yes, that's I true. Got, I got Peter. I got Stellan. I got Alexander. Um, Alexander, and I got Bill. Bill's the one you choose ten times out of ten. Yes, he's a creepy looking guy. I mean, if you if you think about Alexander and Big Little Eyes season one, I mean that is a pretty horrifying character. But, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I, you can't really look at that actor the same way. So. But he, but he is so physically like intimidating that you're like, you could never be a clown. <laughs> you have like yeah. because like clowns are inherently like. Like like, how do I say this? They 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 instantly have something on their shoulder and not on their shoulder. What am I saying? They have a chip on their shoulder almost immediately. They always right. seem like they like there. There's always this power dynamic if you're in a room with a clown because they're like there to like be a clown. Um, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. But you no, know I think mean. I do. It's it, it's it's like the reverse attraction to clowns decades ago. The fact that we used to view them as an object of like innocence. In childhood, but now I think since Stephen King wrote it, and from a few years ago, when there was all those clown sightings and like creepy murders and stuff, I think that is where it's almost the reverse. When we need to have them prove to them, prove to us, and lower a bar, like we we are what you used to think we are, right? But yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a very weird phenomenon. But like, wh- 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 I don't even know. Uh, what, 20, how uh, we got 2016. Twenty. I would love to cover. I would love. No, no, no. But the uh, I think I believe the uh, clown. Yeah, no, you're oh, right. Really? Was side... it a year before? No, I think you're, I think you're right. I think you're right because the clown sightings and it are kind of tied together. Either either way, it was it was was. What has been years. this decade? Like, just in general, what has been this last five years of humanity? Clown sightings, COVID, uh, yeah. fucking, like, you know, what, so like, there was, so, cicadas. Like, this, right? So get this. This guy from this, from Celebrity Apprentice, he's he was in the White House. Yeah, that's true. That was a crazy thing. Like, that was a, weird. Time. Weird. So, no, like, I, the guy, like, you know, the you're fired. I forgot he about was, that for one second. I'm not going to lie. He, I live, he was, like, I the, my... He had the most power I've had anyway. Like, I know. Oh, it's... Oh, I know. All right. Know. All right. Okay. okay. All right. I think as for myself, I always knew about this one. And I think the thing that kept me away were the mixed reviews. And I, I'm pretty sure I hadn't seen John Wick at the time because I was procrastinating. Um, <laughs> and I only knew about the John Wicks because I had a friend that really had them up. And I knew that Chapter 3 was coming out um, around the time... or 
excuse me, chapter two was coming out around the time um, that he just saw it. And, uh, and then we saw chapter one before chapter two. Um, and I really enjoyed those. And I, I'm like you guys that I knew it was sort of the crew from John Wick and applying it to Charlize, giving her a vehicle, uh, new setting, but like a similar coat of paint, but like a different color, you know, it's a, it's also um, the same production company Chad and right. David also yeah, use. Uh, eight, yeah. eight, 887 North Productions. Yes, um, yes, yes. Chad and David. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I can't, I can't, you know, it's it's like a little bit of my reasoning with like Captain Fantastic or um, one of those like episodes. There was no reason I avoided it. It was just procrastinating from, <laughs> from now I, I don't think I, I can't remember if I got out to the theater much in uh, the summer of 2017. Um, but yeah, like this, I remember this was like a late August release and um, yeah, like, um, so I, I also remember like Sophia Patella had this in The Mummy around the same time. It's like everybody was complaining like, oh my gosh, the way that one movie doesn't use her and one movie doesn't, it's like un- undeniable. Well, she was popping off, off after yeah. Kingsman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously. He had Star Trek Beyond in yeah. 2016. Mm. Then it was Mummy in this yeah. 2017. And maybe something else. And then Climax. Yeah, she was in like Hotel Artemis or whatever right after. Oh my god. Yes! Yeah, this, yes. Yeah. Jeez. Remember I Hotel wanted, Artemis? I wanted to watch it just because <laughs> What a cast. Like, like, what a wasted yeah. cast. Yeah. Um, and, and also, speaking of people who had things... Um, months apart from each other. James McAvoy obviously split just coming out that oh, yeah. following win- that previous winter. Um, but yeah, I, no I always knew things around this movie, but just, I think I was just waiting for the right time. Like, I think things like this are never um, viewed best by yourself. I mean, not to like go against what Clay had in the theater, but um, it's sort of like that Pete Holmes joke, like, Peter Holmes says as this joke of one time he watched Anchorman by himself and he was like laughing and then he looks around to see who was laughing with him. There was no one there. <laughs> um, so yeah, that uh, yes, that is that is my experience with Blonde. What did you think of it when you first saw it? When I first saw it, um, mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought this was this was good. I think this is a espionage thriller that is made for its set pieces um, and excels there and um, I think is pretty egregious with its soundtrack Um, but I quite like the craft um, even if it disregards um, its narrative or world building and uh, despite, I think it's like neon aesthetic and um, coding, I, I I think it otherwise is kind of like glib, but with how it with how it presents itself. Um, so I heard glib a lot when I'm like reading people like just like write about it and stuff. And yeah, I, th- I think I subscribe to that idea though. Um, and are, and when we say glib, like. Tonally, I think it, I think it just could could look better than 
than how oh, I, I see what you're of, saying. Like the, with the like amount the, of, the, I think the, the amount of grays doesn't really do it. Oh, do it well. Um, oh, I see what you're like saying. Okay. Browns and blacks. Um, see, I couldn't tell because because I think then it, it just kind of looks anonymous. Yeah, um, I, I couldn't other tell than it's set pieces. Like people use glib a lot, and sometimes they mean like tonally the film is glib, as in like it's like story and characters yeah. and overall tone, yeah. and and sometimes just like the actual lighting of the movie. And I sometimes I'm just like, which one are you talking about here? Because <laughs> I because the glib for like glib in the sense of tone for this movie, I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. Mm. Um, but Emily, what made you? Out, out of all all of movies, all of them, every single movie that came out this in twenty in the, from twenty ten to twenty nineteen, what were what were you like Atomic Blonde? I got That's it. our brand. It's like yeah, I, yeah. I'm gonna stick my <laughs> stick into this one. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I just like was so excited when it came out. I think I saw it multiple times in the theater. I love showing it to people. I do agree. Like I liked it a lot when I saw it. I had certain issues with it. Um. But overall, it's just like I, I like bought the soundtrack on iTunes, which I never do. Like I was like into this movie, and yeah, I didn't like the plot made no sense when I first saw it. I didn't understand it. Um, but I was like, this is sick, and I really hope that they make another one. And I like bought the comic; it was based off of and read that. So How's the comic? It's it pretty good. I like the illustrations a lot. Um, but it is it's like pretty similar to the movie, but also like pretty different. Um, but yeah, I think I just was like really into it at the time for certain reasons, and then I just like stuck with it, and I think it's still like fun to revisit. I was glad that we like picked that one because I haven't watched it in a really long time. Actually, when I used to like rewatch it a lot, I feel like um, so it was fun to go back and rewatch it after like a few years of not seeing it. But I think it just like I think the the reason I like clung to it so much was the fact that like I was a huge fan of Charlize Theron from Mad Max. And it made it seem, like, especially back at that time, it doesn't, like, 2017 doesn't feel that long ago. But I was mm. like, yeah, like, we don't have, like, a lot of women-led action movies like this. Like, it, it literally, people were comparing it to, like, a female John Wick, which was, like, a little annoying, but also, like, totally valid to compare that to. Because um, we just don't have, like, really cool action movies like that with a female lead that's, like, taken seriously. Like... Like, her stunts in this movie are, like, insane. Like, that really, like, also drew me in. Like, I got really interested in, like, stunt work after this movie. And and editing because of, like, the nine-minute, like, no-cut scene and everything like that. And then the fact that they had, like, bisexual characters in it and the bisexual lighting, like, just... Like, I was like, oh, there are, like, aesthetics going on in this movie. Yeah, exactly. There's, like, themes and, so, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, there's, just, like, so much going on and, like, sometimes that's to its detriment with, like, the plot because you're like, what is going on? Yeah, but yeah, there's, yeah. like, also so much good stuff there that it's just, like, so fun to dig into, I think, and, like, revisit. Um, it, it's yeah, it's it you... quite funny that um, they don't have... Like it's it's framing device is just to get um, Lorraine this list, but we it's funny that we've seen a list be the MacGuffin before in the first Mission Impossible, as well as Skyfall. So it's like that seems to be kind of a trend with uh, in espionage. espionage there's a lot of lists, okay? There's a lot of spreadsheets. There's a lot of bullet bullet lists. There's a lot of note apps. All right, they got to write all that shit somewhere, okay? Um. But it's funny enough, like, you were talking about, like, there's not a lot of, you know, action movies, uh, especially in the, 
especially in like the espionage genre, like a genre you know like consisting of like Jason Bourne, James Bond, um, you know like Kingsman. We talked about like just spy spy shit. Like the only thing I can really think of is Salt. Funny mm-hmm. enough, and that was like written for a man. And because that like Julie wasn't or either was written for a man or was a written it was written gender neutral, but like it, there is like not a lot of female led espionage films, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Like I can't think of many, especially ones that require this physicality to it. Because the thing with like it was early like even if you go back like just like you know espionage films in general, if you go back to early Bond or whatever, there's not mm-hmm. this. Of course, like six, like Sean or even Connery like conspiracy wasn't... thrillers from the seventies. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, Sean Connery or Robert Redford aren't putting keys in their hand to stab people with. That's not, <laughs> and they're not like doing this weird, like they're not doing this huge like staircase scene where they use guns as like you know batons or whatever. Like they're like they're like they're, they're not like detailed action in it. There isn't like in, like there's not like inventive detailed action in those movies. I mean. There, there's different things in those movies because it's a different time and different, you know, like choices and creative mm-hmm. merit and all that kind of stuff. But like, it is definitely a, a bit female-led action movies and female-led uh, espionage films mm-hmm. non-existent. Yeah. I guess one that comes to mind uh, this decade, um, a little hard to uh, talk about nowadays, but Haywire, I suppose. Yeah, mm. that's a good point. Yes, yeah. yes, good point. I can't believe I forgot that because I like Haywire a lot, actually. Um, it's yeah, not my favorite thing yeah. works, but yeah, I like it too. Have you seen Haywire, Emily? I have not seen that. Um, Great it's cast. good when it's good when you forget uh, who the lead of it is. Yeah, um, of course. And yeah. I even like her in. It's that, a movie without a lead, right? A... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like that, but that's actually a good because that also requires a lot of physicality. There's all mm-hmm. like, and of course, the lead is a former UFC fighter. Um, yes. And so it's like, yeah, like, but yeah, Haywire and Atomic Blonde do feel like the two singular, like, and of course they're very different in terms of style and tone, but like mm-hmm. two, they, like the two led female espionage films. Um, and especially one, I, I can't even also like, it, it's, it, it, you don't see like an espionage film that like takes place in a certain period. That isn't like the pre- like you never saw a Bond movie go back to the '80s or go back to the mm-hmm. '70s when it was being made in like '90s or whatever. It always took, stayed present. Same thing with like in Born is all is like Born is uniquely a early 2000s Patriot Act kind of idea mm-hmm. of like a Patriot Act era of storytelling. And Jack so Ryan like movies Jack too. Ryan is very like, like they're usually in the present no matter what time they're making it like the Krasinski show or whatever is very much in like this era. And I haven't, I haven't seen it, but you know, well, I mean, you couldn't cause you created it and you're the showrunner. <laughs> Jesus. No, I did not. I do not like the CIA. <laughs> I want to put that out there. I am not a fan of the central intelligence agency. Uh, I want to put that in big, bold letters. You might want to write that in a tweet. That's uh, your new Twitter. No. Yeah. I, was just yeah say. I do not like the CIA. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, like having it like, can you guys think of any kind of espionage film that was just like, let's go to like, you know, like a period piece, I guess. I don't like, mm-hmm. it's a weird way to describe it, but yeah, a period piece. Or even like a specific period piece, because this isn't... Yeah, something that's root, like, it's, yeah. A few years. Yeah, I cannot. I can't, but yeah, maybe it's just because I'm put on the spot now, but I honestly True. don't think there's like that many, actually, which is interesting. I feel like I've never like noticed that before. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course it's based off a of comic, so it's not like it's like a crazy idea. Um, but like in the sense of like they didn't create it just for the movie, but um, it's also like I, I think I think we could come close with Man from Uncle, but that even then Man from Uncle is that's is like a, a TV. Point. That's a TV show. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Like, yeah. That's a good movie, though. I like. That is a good movie. I need to rewatch it. Um, talk about another movie that doesn't have a lead. God, what have we I done? Know. What been, culture, man? for a sequel for that movie, too, and now it's, like, definitely not going to happen. Yeah, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, we'll just watch Henry Cavill be uh, built in The, wit- in the Witcher. Yeah, That's right. what we'll do. Yeah. We'll just watch him be absolutely yoked. And Debicki. Um, uh, great. Love Debicki. Um, yeah. But, like... We've also become, I, like, how many Cold Air, Cold War era films are there nowadays? Because it's a, like it's a, it was a time like it's a huge piece of historical intrigue because it, it's all ambiguous and you know like there's been a, a million different films that have been on the that have been like you know that that take place during the Cold War and during the eighties height of Russian U.S. tensions and like a lot of you know that's like it was a pipeline for as many spy films as you could handle back in the day but now it's like petered out like we don't really think about the cold war as a culture or even like talk like or even in our pop culture that much anymore like you had the americans but that was like the only thing of course that like like consistently in like pop culture and that also wasn't that big of a show i mean like people loved it but it wasn't like a ratings bonanza because then i think you go back to the issue like we talked about night and day where it's like these things just Maybe they want to be stories that are told, but maybe they're not getting made nowadays. And like actions, like mm-hmm. they're not getting financed. And um, and because filmmakers are now at the age where they can then look back on it with um, with a certain more pragmatic lens um, than they could if if they were younger and it was just more something they could research rather than live through. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm just like googling right now, and it's just like Cold War films. I guess. Oh God, never mind. Oh man, there's two. Okay, there's one <laughs> film that I actually like that took place during the Cold War, The Bridge, Bridge of Spies. But that is not a spy espionage. That's like a drama, like a hard nosed like coffee book drama. And you guys like, like like that one a lot. So. I love Bridge of Spies. Um, but we also have. <laughs> Wonder Woman 1980. Okay. Oh, you're right. And they use the oh. same song okay. from Atomic Blonde, which I was like, get out of here. They use a lot of... Oh, they don't boy. use it as well. Okay. God, yeah. Shape of Water. Yeah, but see, like, now I'm looking, like, I, I, I googled Cold War movies, and, like, none of these are, like... I guess so. Yeah. Like, Tinker Tailor huh. Soldier Spy is maybe, like, the closest thing we've come to this decade of, like, an actual spy espionage. Yeah. And um, even then, like, like, that's not an original idea like this, like, um, like David Leach had, because um, that one is, like, based on a very popular novel, and it's it's had BBC yeah. uh, adaptations before. So, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it's that's the closest, you're right. But. Yeah, because, because also, like, superhero movies are popping. Like, so I, when I Googled it, it's just any movie that has the Cold War in it. Yeah, but, like, and, and then I yeah. guess it's things that would... Pay homage to spy thrillers that take place in the Cold War, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so that it's even kind of weirder. Yeah, like the like um, Mission Impossible movies. 
um, a fantastic series, are the closest that we've gotten to conspiracy. And, um, and it's, it's interesting that you'd think we'd see more of that because there is so much conspiracy, I guess. Yeah, I see. Yeah, like it is. The spy genre doesn't really exist how it used to nowadays. It mm. just. It's become IP. It's become you either have your Borns, your Bonds, your Clancy, or your uh, Mission Impossible. Clancy. Like, remember yeah. Operation Finale a few years ago? Like, that oh. went nowhere, and it just, like, really came and went. And had, like, because that could have been something. Too. Yeah. Yeah, it had Oscar, Oscar Isaac, Isaac, Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Ben Kingsley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it could have been something. I never, I don't think anyone has. I, I yeah, haven't I seen it. Um, but yeah, spy spy movies aren't just because they used to be a huge '90s pipeline of action thrillers mm-hmm. of just like pure like yeah. like when I was so it was a little bit like, it was a bit a, a bit like uh, John Grisham novels like they those used to be a thing and adaptations you know, yeah like, exactly um, like yeah like that's how mo- that's how like and maybe that could people be like oh you don't have a movie star to put in those movies anymore because right. there's no more movie stars left which and is, I suppose but yeah, but then um, then how but like Charlize but like that's the thing it's like. <laughs> It, it, you do have movie stars available for this, but you, I think they're available, like, but there's less of them. As, mm-hmm. like, yeah, for as many Charlize's um, and John Blit, and I suppose Keanu can coincidentally they can be grouped together because they like do their own stunts and they they work, you know. Um, but you don't you don't know how many people are ready to let go of like a Captain America um, sort of deal where they're known for some character. But then they have to like betray an audience to play um, like Jack, you know, like because they have such a an established relationship. And also, like spy movies are inherently like ripe for morally ambiguous characters, like moral mm-hmm. ambiguity in general. Like this move, like if we go, let's maybe we'll go back to the movie. Like Lorraine is kind of a monster, I think. Yeah. I mean, everyone in this job is kind of a monster, but, like, she is legit, like... I, I wouldn't say she's, like, the villain of the movie, but she is satchel, you know? <laughs> she is, like, the person who, like, is the mole and who gets... and who basically gets her, um... Uh, her boyfriend... Or, or I don't know what the relationship was, but the guy at the beginning, he she's the reason that she, he's dead. And I know it's hard for people to understand, because, like, that movie, the movie makes no sense. I had to really pay attention this time. I, like, I've seen, this is my third time watching it. I rewatched it, I think, like, two years, like, in 2018 or whatever, um, after I saw it in theaters. But, like, and even then, I was kind of like, I think I understand some of this, but not all of it. And this time, I'm just like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here. I'm going to look at this goddamn screen. I'm going to figure this shit out. Right, yeah. I didn't take any notes, thank God, because oh, then I think gosh. I would have gone down the rabbit hole. You would have missed but, it. Yeah. Yeah, then I would have been, like, I, I would still be watching it if I started taking notes. Because <laughs> I think it's interesting that you point out that there's no foil. Um, she's kind of, like, the default villain of, I mean, I guess, like, I don't know how corny is to say, like, she's her own worst villain. Um, but at the same time, you, there's no, uh, uh, like, Silva from Skyfall to take down. Or, and I think, 
And that's why I like this, even though the plot is incoherent, I actually do like the plot because it is mm. this moral ambiguity of just like there's no real villains and heroes, which I think is inherent in any good spy film that's not yeah. a Bond. Like, Bond, it's obvious. Like, even, but even, but if you go into the more, like, Casino Royale is like a more morally ambiguous Bond in the sense of like, he's to also kill. Kind of, yeah, like, he's kind of a monster as well. And so yeah. that's, and those are the, that's the Bond I'm more interested in. But like, Ethan Hunt's kind never of... been. Yeah, I went into this ne- kind of figuring that this was all going to be gobbledygook. I went into I went into this knowing it was all going to be gobbledygook. Oh, there geez. you go. <laughs> and I, I presume that when a film does that, they know that, and it's a, it's more catering for Lorraine and its choreography. Um, because it's a movie that I, I think puts a lot of time into Lorraine if they're going to take a bat- backseat to its narrative, even if there is one. Um, as well as, every, I think, everybody else, because like, really, the, the movie really likes McAvoy and Butella. Um, it, it, sets, it really wants to admire its own production um, of Germany in the early 80s, too. Um, yeah. Um... But like, I enjoy. So of course you have your uh, what's the guy's name? The German, the the KGB officer. I don't know if he's German or Russian. I can't tell because he's he's t- he's in East Berlin. He's you know part of the Stasi, I assumed, but he's also a KGB agent. So I guess he's Russian. Whatever. Uh, the bearded dude named like Bragovich or something. I don't know some. Some like random Russian name, but he's he's the closest thing to a stereotypical bad guy in this film. But like, mm. but he's barely in it, and he has like almost no impact because he's just kind of like he's just another like t- like cog in the machine of what's going on. But like Lorraine, but like the villain in this whole film that we're told is Satchel, basically, or one of the villains, and it turns out that she is Satchel. It's like, uh, I think. I don't know. I appreciate a lot of the spy stuff watching it this time. Just the whole kind of murkiness of it just being... Because, like, if you really think about it, if you think about current, like, or, like you know, back like back then, like, the you know, intelligence community organizations like the KGB, um, the MI6, the CIA, um, you know, all of those agencies, it's all in, like, the games that were played and the weird, like, just... It's all just bullshit. It's just like this. It's all con. The funny thing is, it's it's convoluted. Like in reality, it's convoluted, met like like nonsense. It makes it's all this weird, just like who like you. It's all this like in in bit ambu. Oh man, I can't speak. Um, this all like weird, just mixing pot of motives and nationalities and allegiances and you know i and like ideas and motivations mm. and it all just kind of turns out into being just whatever like this is just it's, kinda, it's just the game it's, it's kind of funny how in a movie you expect things to make sense because that's i suppose that's what film is designed for that you want you want to clear storytelling to, to, you yeah, assume right, that your like story, the story will be clear to you yeah and, and then once you point out um, these issues are just as complicated um, in the Cold War as they were 
as we were shown in, in Atomic Blonde, it's it's like, yeah, of course, right. Like this is it sort of uses this um jargon for for a purpose that way. Yeah, I agree. I think that's like why I don't know if this movie's like it's not like deep or like anything <laughs> like that, but I think it's interesting. Like it's so convoluted and I haven't heard a single person come out of the movie saying they weren't confused. Um, when I first saw it, I remember I thought like the three Russians in it were the same guy or something. Like, <laughs> I thought like I, but very similar beards, very similar yeah. beards. So I was was it one of those movies you had to tell ten men apart or something? Yeah, it was. It was that for me the first time I saw it, and even like rewatching it yesterday, I was still like, I was trying to like keep track of everything because there's so many little things, and then when they explain it at the end, you have to like know everything that has happened or like remember everything that has happened, but. I think, like, I like what you guys were saying, that it's, like, very, like, representative, I guess, of, like, the Cold War and, like, that time and stuff. That it's, like, it's okay if it doesn't make sense, because the Cold War didn't make sense type of thing. Because if we think about uh, foreign affairs, then we instantly go to war that leads to combat and violence and brutality that then I think leads to some profound storytelling but i think with the cold war it's like it was just things that could happen rather than yeah it's all that potential it's it's lots of bureaucracy like like you mentioned and government officials um and it shouldn't be as it shouldn't be as engaging as it is but i think because we like um we like to imagine things that we don't know sometimes as storytellers that it's like okay we don't we don't really know what happens. Like we don't, like we do know, but there's there's still some things that are unchecked uh, in the Cold War era. It's bizarre how how that works. <laughs> yeah, and so there's always going to be like secrets and like certain events that you just never know that happen. And a lot of it, I bet we don't know eighty percent of what actually happened in the Cold War, which is yeah. a crazy thought to have. Um, and especially what goes on in international communities and what we're involved with involved in like as in when, it, when i say we i mean like the american government or in, mm-hmm. how like any like western government in general you know whether it be the brits or the french or um us or the canadians hell like the thing is the the crazy thing is but the thing is every country has their own international community and like when not in our, sorry intelligence community intelligence service in the sense of like you know whether you're fucking israel or your um, India, or your any other country in the world, you have like your intelligence community, uh, intelligence service that has that has all these shady underdealings. Like everyone is committing atrocities left and right, and we're all doing it unchecked. And it's just this weird thing of we're all kind of accepted it, just because it's like some it's so out of our control. But it is a mm. thing that just happens among us. And I think with the Cold War is like you said, Jack, it's that potential. It's like everyone's holding a bomb. And everyone's just like, you're gonna, you're gonna press the button, you're gonna blow it, you're gonna blow it up. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. this movie called Doctor Strange Love, and I'm not sure you guys have ever seen it. Oh my god! Like, yeah, but no, it is like yeah. everyone is like carrying this little like little detonator that could just set a whole thing off. That like which like could set a whole international incident, right. a whole war, a whole like you know you know a whole bureaucracy nightmare. Just everyone is so every single person is capable of a true just like conflict. <laughs> 
some like so you could even think of like some sometimes it feels like a person can be responsible for the like the a, a nuclear war just one like one person just being like if they were killed or if they defected or whatever they ha- they could have the effect of just like setting off an insane amount of events and that's like the cold it's war. a little it's bit like what we saw anticipation the great one of the great miniseries of the decade chernobyl mm-hmm. um it's it was a few people that set off one thing one day that had no means to be as extraordinary as it was and then it was this whole chain of events that led to physical disasters and um government disasters just yeah it was a bureaucracy nightmare like you said that's the funny thing it sometimes just boils down to bureaucracy like i forget how many people lives were lost in the chernobyl but like a thousand like a few thousand maybe i forget i don't even know if that's the correct number but like an insane amount of people died and that and what it really boiled down to at the end of that was just a bureaucracy nightmare like oh like like people didn't do the safety checks that were required or they didn't use the correct like you know just like stuff that you could it was just, just some like, paperwork exactly <laughs> and so when it's so and, and i like leech's idea or maybe this was in more of the comic as well as of not have berlin just be this just this another city of course, because like this, there, like 1989, Berlin is going through something mm. that most cities will never go through in their entire lives, in their, I mean, lifetimes. Um, like, it, 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 like even even though it's maybe not like the Berlin isn't like let's say more important than Paris or New York. Like those are two like objectively more important and more bigger cities in his in, in like in its impact on history and culture. But like that time, Berlin is like the most important city in the world just because of all the built-up political. Uh, um, political uh, conflict in it and you and but the thing they say a lot or maybe i don't know if a lot but at least they say it once is that it's the wild west Mm -hmm. and i like leech's approach to having berlin be depicted as the wild west be as you have all these people with all these different set of motives and it and there's this sense of lawlessness there even though there is of course laws and there's plenty of police and all that but Mm. but all of those people like all the operatives there are so cunning and so and have these weird and have all these connections to other international forces that they can also kind of operate without like outside of the law and not receive too many um uh uh, consequences and so everyone so it just feels like there's all these gunslingers in a city and all just staring staring each other down and seeing who's gonna draw first and i like that depiction because we don't it's hard to, like, the Wild West is so, I mean, that's why it became a whole fucking genre is because it's so unique and it's social, like, it's social norms and it's social, um, like, the sociology of it, I mean, in general, just, like, how, like, just towns in the Wild West would operate in, like, policing and all that kind of stuff and crime. That it's hard to me, it's hard to really translate that into something that isn't the Wild West because it's so unique. Um, right. And it feels right. so, like unheard of because it is just this crazy con like it's hard to comprehend it to be honest it's just pure lawlessness and or like you know just these weird unknowns and this way of culture and uh, this way of being and existing in a time when there is just no real government to i think what's also you can or cannot do this you know like impossible to comprehend there's a wall dividing a country like that's that is insane for like you a, dividing for, a city that's for like a pretty oh yes what did i i say country. i mean it is a, it does and, divide also a country yeah. yeah and like that's that is bananas like imagine that now just like some and then um 
because you're you're right. Like you can't imagine that being as impactful. I think to someone's like sandy as you like imagine if a, like a family or friends were like divided by that and they needed so much and then like goes goes back to like the bureaucracy thing like they need like you know papers and passports yeah to visit and their the explanation of and, like why are we separated oh because we have two different ideals of how to how, like we have two different yeah, political affiliations that's right. that's yeah. which is a crazy concept to be like oh i can't see my daughter well i mean they're communists and we're capitalists, so <laughs> sucks to be you, I guess. <laughs> like, oh, so glad my government decided like that my daughter was a capitalist, so I can't see her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, she lived in that part of town, and those are like, yeah. you know, that's like capital. Like, you know, that's that's yeah. those are capitalists. We're communists, so we just can't get along. Okay, so in like, the, in you can't see your only, daughter now. Sorry, Lorraine is only one person in this entire entire bubble um, of citizens that are trapped under this unwieldy force and i think i think if we ever did uh see lorraine again in a future installment i think i think a future installment would definitely perfect what bleach tried to do here because despite the imperfections like they would hone in on on the um the ideas like dr no well, depends like, that's, who directs it. yeah that, that's true yeah like dr no that was that was all right like that was a good introduction but then goldfinger of course like that's when they that's when i see what you're saying yeah. it could be a bond effect um. Yeah. No. It's int- like having it. Have you guys seen the third man? Yeah. Yeah. We saw it together. Yeah, we saw, we watched it via um, Skype. I remember. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's so. Well, that takes place like right after World War Two. Brand spanking. World War Two is done, and now all of the Allies, including the Russians, have now. St- put in their stake into Germany because, you know, we can't have the Germans re- regain control of their own country because, of course, you know, they were just Nazis, you know, we're just like, all right, guys, uh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to, we're going to have to look after this for a while until we know you can handle your own toys again. Um, and so, like, in Berlin at that point, the French, the British, the Americans, and the Russians all had a stake in Berlin. They all had... Um, they all had their own, like, you know, headquarters. They had all their, had their own, uh, you know, political um, uh, connections there. And they all, and so four, there was like four quadrants of Berlin. I, if I'm getting, a, if any historians out there listening to this, and I hope you're not because you're too smart for us. But if you're listening to this and you can hear me say all of this dumb shit I'm about to say, and you're like, that's wrong. I apologize. I'm going to say it anyways, because sure. Um, but like. You know, for, I'm pretty sure this is right. For um, at least this is the plot of the Third Man. Maybe it's not exactly correct in you know history, but um, yeah. So like, there's four quadrants of Berlin that are separate up: you know, the French quadrant, the Russian quadrant, um, the British quadrant, and the American quadrant. And so like, that's even before the wall is put up. That's before we have East Germany and uh, West, or like, you know, East Berlin or West Berlin, East Germany, West Germany. And that's before, like, the, Ru- the Russians, like, have, like, full like, control over their part of Germany. Um, and so it's, like, that film is all of this political bureaucracy that you're just, like, just going back and forth. Like, the, like oh, like, the th- Americans can approve of this documentation, but the French, like, or, like, and the British can't have to receive this item so they can re- give, put a stamp on this passport. All of this just, like, this is nonsense. 
Right, right. Like, this is all just, like, weird constructed nonsense that we're all just saying, oh, I guess this is how we live now. This is, like, the rules we operate under, when it's just complete bullshit. And with, like, and so so you, like, look at that kind of Berlin, and you now look in 1989 Berlin, and you see that it's it's not necessarily more simplified, and it's not it's not even it's not more complex either, but it's just different. Um, it has this weird kind of like like the thing about Bridges Spies we talked earlier. That's all about bureaucracy. That's all about this guy who has a cold, um, and he's just trying to get these. He's just trying to transfer one Russian or like you know one ex KGB agent to uh, get a American pilot back. They interrupted his oil paintings. Yeah, exactly. And then there's also the, another American, um, like, foreign exchange shooter, whatever's there, too. Uh, but, like, it, that whole movie is just Tom Hanks and, just going to one side, being like, can we have this guy? And like, and yeah, just, you can have this guy if you give us this guy. I'm like, cool. Then it goes to the other people. Like, can we have this guy? And he's like, no, you can have this guy when we have this guy. And he's like, well, that, I, I can't, can't, like... It's all that bureaucracy bullshit. It's all that like yeah. weird like allegiance. Like, do scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And we just see the person that caught in the middle of all this. So. Yeah, exactly. And, we don't see any of the players. And it's interesting um, that you bring it up because you can sort of draw a comparison to Lorraine. Like, she's a little bit caught in the middle of two parties that have one person that, on one hand, like yes. It's it's an excuse to kick a lot of ass, but I think <laughs> we we see Lorraine to, like she's not tethered to one side. Like she's she does work for people, but it's she's her own business. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like turns out she's like a triple agent. Yeah, like that. Yeah, like, right? Yeah, yeah. Is, that's true. It's yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing of that twist and why people like I read a review of like there's just too many red herrings and twists and I'm like I can't mm-hmm. disagree. It's like it is just a lot. It's it's yeah. it's just like it's discombobulating at times. Yeah, the end is very like disorienting. I remember being like excited that she was a Russian spy actually, <laughs> and then when they revealed that she's an American spy, I was like that's just a little less cool. Yeah, but I was like I I'm still like enjoying like the entertainment that it's giving me right now. But I was like a little disappointed that she was an American agent all along. I was like, oh. it does feel a bit safe. And it feels like, oh, of course, yeah. it's a little American. too much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm also just tired of Americans taking in this is as an American speaking. I'm tired of Americans being the like, priority in the espionage movies. Mm-hmm. Just like, no, what mm-hmm. the I don't know what the French whatever, like, I don't mm-hmm. I don't it, Why does it always have to be the CIA? Like, why? Like, yeah. MI6 probably did a few things, right? Like, the, didn't they, like, take a win at one point? I don't know. Uh, it's not, I think, I think that goes to the notion of, like, it's not like it didn't happen, but we've seen this. Yeah, exactly. exactly. To see yeah. anything else would just be refreshing. But it's not, I remember... yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, I was just gonna say, I like, on the subject, I remember when I was first watching it, and, like, Delphine, like, Sophia Butello comes in, she's like, I'm a French operative, and I was like, whoa, I, like, didn't mm. think the French had operatives, because yeah. I was just seeing, like, America, and, like, England, and then, like, Russia, like, mm-hmm. duke it out, and then... Uh, I mean, those were obviously the big players, but there was always these weird, mm-hmm. just, like, I'm a Canadian, uh, you know, a, 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 so you're an intelligence person, like, you have, you have those? I would I didn't love know, to can... see a movie with a Canadian like secret intelligence. But they exist. That's the funny thing. Yeah. If we yeah. just no one makes movies about them because they're not. I mean, they didn't play a huge role, but like they're always mm-hmm. these little, like there's always these like little kind of intelligence communities that 
or you know agencies that are involved in certain things mm-hmm. um that it, it's always yeah it's like it, it is this weird fun kind of like world it, it feels like it's a oh man this is either gonna sound really smart or really corny or really stupid one of the three or both Yikes. um or uh, mm-hmm. but it's gonna but it's like there's a world living amongst our world in a way that's like there's this intelligence community that lives in this like different dimension everyone is like aware of each other everyone has like different set of rules and conduct and like ethics when it comes to like how they operate like rules of combat and whatever and then there's like the regular world that we all live in but there's this in like but outside of us there's just these people who like who like look at each other while we're just like walking by them and they're also well, like exchanging state secrets and all of that. Okay, well, I think what you're describing is the Continental from John Wick. That's true. That's true. Right. It is, but that's the thing with the John Wick is like when everyone's assassin apparently. You're like everyone's an yeah. assassin? Like that end of 2 is where everyone gets their phone rings and just like, "Oh, cool. Like John Wick has a and then that's like, "Oh shit." You know, like every you know, everyone <laughs> like all, all the people living amongst us are like secret or like you know secret yes. assassins whatever but in reality it's of course like not everyone but it is like two or three people but those two or three people are just like here you're just like over there they just wa- they just bought a hot dog at that stand they just saw a movie like they're just yeah, right. living but they're but at any point they can like be dangerous of some like either via like their secrets they hold or the combat or like or not the combat but like the violence they're capable of or whatever they can kill you with a pencil yeah 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 yeah. and it's not like every single person in the intelligence community is a badass actually most of them aren't they're pencil pushers um but like it's but they but they hold this secret kind of they're all playing this game that's the thing that's said a lot in this movie it's a game it's a game it's a game Mm. it is a game because it is this thing that these people have said okay we're playing this game i have i have agreed to be in this international or the international, but I've been, uh, agreed to be in this intelligence agency. I'm serving my country, whatever that means. But like, I'm here representing my country. I'm here representing Britain by being an MI6 operative, and I'm here playing this game that only the KGB and the CIA are playing. And we're all playing think, it together while the real world yeah. just goes on being the real world. And I think that goes along with the McAvoy character because it's that declaration of "I love Berlin" at the very end when you see that it's it's the service for the country that is divided when this takes place, but he doesn't, it's almost like he's ignoring the division. Um, and he's just focusing on his, his love for what surrounds him, you know, it's, um, and he's just dressing like Tyler Durden as a result. Yeah. He does, definitely has the Tyler Durden buzz cut. Mm-hmm. Which came out yeah. 10 years after 1989. I did, I did. I did love how, so like when in the debriefing, because this is all the whole point, like the whole like, what's the fucking word, the whole, the central point of the movie is her being debriefed, and that's how we're engaged, like we're going in and out of each like story element or whatever, just like her, it's that's our point of view, POV. Um, I do like that basic like when. John Goodman asks, "Hey, what's your, what was your impression of um, Percival?" She's like, "Okay, handsome, mid thirties," and then she immediately says, "Has a disastrous Sinead uh, O'Connor haircut." That was yeah. like one of the first things she noticed. 
and and that, that's so that's, it's just, I, I think some of the humor in this movie actually works a bit i think it can be pretty like especially like the james mcavoy stuff i think he's just such a spark plug of a actor that it just a lot of his eccentricities just are funny yeah he was yeah i like how every character in this like it's not just i mean it is like charlize's movie but all the side characters like even bill skarsgård who's barely in it you like remember him because he he's like sitting on the roof and he's like flipping off like whoever's watching him or whatever when uh lorraine goes to meet him like all the side characters have I mean, I guess McAvoy's, like, a bit more of, like, supporting, not just a side character, but um, they're all, like, super interesting still, and McAvoy especially has, like, so much more to him. And, like, I remember I was always, like, why is his arm, like, injured? But it was because he was, like, broke it, something split or something like that, but I just thought it was, like, a funny qu- character quirk for, like, the longest time. until. Yeah, he's like a rag doll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The word you were looking like... for was framing device for the... Framing, uh, thank you. Briefings. Thank you. Thank you. Um... I'm, you're, see, this is why Jack's the smart one, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, that's why. That's, okay, no, that's you are, good. and it's fine. And you, ha- you, you're the one who wears glasses, so you have to be. Um, that's that's how it works. Um, but like, are we like a no. duo? Like one short, one's tall, like one's a hundred percent skinny. And, yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Those are always very funny um, cartoons. Yeah. When um. Shit, but like you know, the reason why all those characters are distinct and interesting is because they all have their own motivations. I mean, that's the whole point of this mm-hmm. movie is that everyone's playing a different game and they all have their different ambitions and what they want out of it. And they're all like, you know, they're all they're all serving themselves. So like, like you know, Bill Skarsgård has this. You know, of course, his his motivation is that he like one he like you know I, I probably money or whatever. I don't I don't know the like total like the like some of. I don't know all of his motivation, but a lot of it is just like he fucking hates, you know, um, uh, the oppression that you know um, East Germany is going is is under right now, and like hates um, the Stasi and that kind of thing, and like that you know East German or East Germany gov- East German government that's you know like having this like uh, what's the draconian oppression amongst people uh, amongst like you know um, people who live in East Berlin. Uh, which he, I wait, he lives in. I, that's a bit, okay. Even though I say like I like the plot, it doesn't. It still doesn't make sense. Like sometimes sure. it just like they just drop in so much information. They're just kind of like, eh, figure it out. Um, but like everyone, but you know, Percival has his own motivations. Um, like you know, this uh, MI6 brass, Toby Jones and C. I don't know that actor, but um, but like they have their own motivations. CIA have their own motivations, like good men. Delphine, the French until I don't know they don't the funny thing is like like a lot of um a lot of like intelligence service and service organizations, um, like for the CIA, KGB, MI six, the Mossad for Israel, like they all have these like either like catchy acronyms or these catchy names. I don't know what the fuck the French are called. Yeah, the right. French Intelligence Ser- yeah. Service, like F I F I S. I don't know. They don't have like it's, they. They're it's... called the Frogs at one point. And I'm like, maybe that's what they're like the Frogs. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I like Michelle a lot yeah. in this. I, I like that she's, she's like an. I, she's an amateur. Um, someone. She's an analyst. Like, I think that's that's how you hold a gun. You know, it's, that's kind of. She's a. She's a like she she like in the Kingsman. Her name is. Um, Gazelle, right? Yes. Is it? Yeah. I believe it sounds about right. 
she's an antelope in this. Like, this innocent little antelope you see on planet Earth that gets mauled by a tiger. Mm. She's, like, she's yeah. out of, like, they keep saying she's out of her depth. She's innocent. She looks like she's the one person who's, like, naive and has this, like, twinkle in their eyes. She still has, like, a, like a, an ability to be, to have empathy and to, mm. like, relate to people right. and to connect, which is what gets her killed. Because yeah, she feels, say. she has yeah. emotion. I, let me, like, this is one thing I wanted to talk about, because this is the, my biggest problem, like, I was, like, on such a high watching this movie, I was like, this is sick, I don't know what's going on, but so many cool things are happening, and then she gets, like, brutally, violently murdered, like, in her underwear, and it just, like, took me out of the movie when I first saw it, it was just, like, feels so dirty to me, the way they did her, um, yes. and, like, that's, that's, like, one thing I definitely wanted to talk about, because it is one thing that bothers me about this movie, but I... I like it so much that I'm just, and I'm just, like, it's part of, like, just, like, whatever. But, like, just walking out of that movie, I remember saying, oh, I really liked it, but, like, why did, like, the queer woman have to die? And especially after they did, like, such a interesting, I feel like, dynamic between her and Lorraine, because she is so, Delphine is, like, almost the opposite, or, like, what Lorraine might have started out as, which I yeah. think is interesting. Mm, right. Like, she's so naive, like you were saying, and then, like, Lorraine, on the other hand, is like, I'm glad you told me that I look different when I tell the truth because it could get me killed. Like, complete opposite, like, sides of the spectrum, I feel like. Her brain is only processing information and her mm -hmm. experience through the idea of, like, I have to stay present. This is the game. Exactly. And, like, on the other hand, Delphine is just like, I'm just, like, in this. I just, like, fell into this somehow kind of thing. Yeah. But... I was, like, surprised when I saw it that an action movie like this would have treated their relationship. I mean, I wouldn't say so respectfully because I wasn't happy with, like, how they, like, used their sex scene for, like, publicity, I feel like, for a lot yes, of trailers. Yes, that's right. That yes. felt very, like, gross to me. But then, mm -hmm. that's why I was surprised when I was watching the movie. It's like, oh, but they have, like, they seem to have at least some sort of, like, genuine connection. Um, the good and, actors. Like, yeah, yeah, really good actors. And, like, Lorraine is, like, devastated, it seems like, when she finds that Delphine has been murdered. And so that's my, like, biggest problem with the movie, apart from it being confusing, is, like, the fact that, I don't know, Delphine, she, she almost gets away. Like, she almost yeah. does. And then like, she's, what, like, killed. What's the purpose for killing Delphine? Like, if, mm -hmm. she's, if she doesn't die, is anything changed in the narrative that already doesn't make sense? Is anything changed there? Um, exactly. I didn't, and I didn't recognize this issue. Um, seeing this, and I saw a video that talked about this, um, and and I, I think, I don't know what that says. That I just don't register that. Um, I, I think that's 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 a really interesting problem. That it was. It was more like, oh wow, okay, so a significant character like um, increased tension for Lorraine, I suppose. And I think I just registered surface level. I it was one of those things I just didn't read much more into. Yeah, and I, I think there's a word for it too that the video talked about, like um, not queer beating, but it's, it's something. Oh, bearing uh, your queers. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Oh, it's yeah. just, like, such a trope. And I remember at the time when I saw it, too, there was just, like, so much conversation around that, I feel like. Mm. Where I feel like a lot, like, The Walking Dead, like, a lot of shows were, like, killing yeah. Oh yeah. their, their yeah. like, queer characters and stuff. And it was just, like... It's a real problem. 
Yeah, it's, like, for sure, like, a huge problem, and it, like, it's not like every movie, they can't die, but it's just, like, sure. over yeah. and over again. It but they, but they're all, like, but their deaths also service the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just the I, way this one was shot, like, especially rewatching it now, I was, like, especially put off by it, I feel like. And I think the fact that they spend the time needed to establish uh, Delphine and Lorraine's relationship, mm-hmm. it, it's not like this came out. This came out of nowhere, and they were just, like, partners or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, partners, I, like, before this, I guess. I have a few thoughts about this. I, and they're all kind of intersecting, and so, and they're conflicting with one another. I'll just kind of get, like, my general opinion of it out of the way. I think it makes sense, story-wise, that she dies, and, like, th- like thematically... But I don't think it's executed well at all. And I think it is also just not, it just doesn't feel right. And I think it just was too much in the sense of like, you, it, I understand like the point of it. I, I just probably, it, it just, the brutality of it. And the thing is, as I'm thinking about it, it's hard for me to truly piece, piece it out because either Leech is actually like, well, this is what happened, like, you know, he's trying to have this commentary on the violence towards women and, like, how, and, like, you know, and have this, you know, he's trying to make this bigger point of, um, of, like, the horrors of, you know, men committing violence towards women and how it, it's become sexualized. And, like, the it, gender dichotomy in the yeah, maybe world. Yeah, maybe, this. maybe this is intentional and maybe he's, like, saying something with it, like with her being in his, in her underwear and her being murdered so like brutally that like you know like choked to death like maybe this is him trying to say something. I I, I don't if, know. I, maybe, if that's the case, but, then it's not well done. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so, but the my the thing is, I think it makes sense why she dies in the sense of she. It was like, and she is also kind of built up to the, be the, like, well, she's the naive one. She's the person who doesn't really understand she's out of her depth. Um, and this is what happens when, like, the good, when good people come into this. And then when good mm-hmm. people play this game, is good people yeah. die. That's true. Yeah. But that doesn't, but the whole way it's shot, that's framed, like, the real brutality of it. And it is, like, she is in her underwear, so it just feels... There's this weird sexual nature of it, even though it doesn't, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't, like, it's not done out of, like, any, it, it, at least, I don't know. But it, it feels, there's a lot of baggage to the scene that just feels, so like, too much and feels kind of uneasy and just, like, this is, wasn't necessary. This felt, like, oh, this mm-hmm. just felt, no. I think when it, it kicks like, into, when it kicks into gear into an action scene, it shot, uh, the way it shot is pretty sexy. Um, mm-hmm. And despite what you see, it's always going to feel pretty sexy just on the way it's presenting itself. I think if you want to create tension, have Lorraine killer, you know, don't send in, uh, yeah. Percival, you know, it's like, like that. Think, it, yeah. I think that like, I agree with you, Clay. Like, I don't think, I think it totally makes sense for her to die. Like, in a, like, yeah, I think either way, I still would have been disappointed. Cause I'd be like, man, like always happens, but I would have been less <laughs> mad. Like if, it was done. That's the life thing. of a spy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that would have actually been super interesting and like really compelling if Lorraine had been like forced to kill her because it did seem like Lorraine cared about her in like some way. Um, cause yeah, she is like the naive like young spy, so it totally makes sense for her to die. But just 
the like the baggage you were saying with that scene, the way it's shot, and then just like the whole like way that like the relationship was like rep- like presented. I feel like uh, there's a lot of baggage to that scene, basically. Yeah, it's there's a lot that of things that. Yeah, it. Yeah, I honestly didn't. Th- yeah, I, I, I didn't. It didn't. It, I mean, there's a point like when, like when. Lorraine is like, have you know, has um, this like face is like facing down uh, Percival. She says, "You didn't have to kill her." Like, there's a line like, "You didn't have to kill her," and his 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 in Percival's um, retort is, "Well, when did you suddenly develop a, like a conscious like after all the things you've done?" And like I get, I get the point there. It's like, oh, why does she care about this one person? But the thing is, she, if you ask that question, I think you kind of have to answer it. If you have a character actually ask that question, you probably should give some sort of sort of an answer. Or it does feel kind of like it was just like this weird point to it all. Because mm-hmm. like character motivation wise, it doesn't make total like it makes sense why she killed her, or sorry, why he killed her in the sense of maybe he was worrying about like. It doesn't fully because the whole idea is that she said she calls Percival says, "Hey, I have something on you. I'm playing this game too. You can't count me out." And he dismisses her, but then like she like threat like has this vague threat. Mm-hmm. But I don't see there's I don't understand how he would really know what she's threatening him with right. because at the end because what she's threatening him with is pictures of her of him meeting with the Russian, meeting with a KGB officer, and telling him about the plan with Spyglass, the informant, and how they're going to transfer him to over the wall or whatever. And, like, that, and, like, so, and the whole point, and basically it was the big betrayal of Lorraine. Like, he wanted the KGB to kill Spyglass and Lorraine. Um, and that was, that was the dirt Delphine had on him. But there's no, but she took those pictures in the shadows, like, basically, you know, like, unseen, and if she was seen, David would have already done something about it already. Yeah. Listen, so I, there's. I, n- I also think ahead. this is this is a movie like that dips its toes in in the shallow end, but never goes too deep uh, into into a lot of what it presents. Um, even though it t- it takes place during the Cold War Germany, I, I wish that we still got even more into this this grimy world. Like there was, I think, for as good of a for as well of a job that. Uh, Leech and Strahelski do, do with with Wick to build that world. I don't, I don't see mm-hmm. how the depth couldn't be brought over here. Um, and even in, I think I think maybe we're, we're getting to this inevitably, but I, I think the same could be applied to the, to uh, the needle drops um, that they unbearingly over overused and um, they feel like a like a thorn in this movie side to me. Um, it becomes at a point where you're you're depending on it rather than mm-hmm. it comp- it complements it. It's it's dependable. Yeah, the soundtrack is definitely overbearing. It's like funny because the the picks of the songs are so good. Like every song I liked, and that's why I bought the soundtrack. And it was fun to listen to the soundtrack and like literally relive relive every moment of the movie because there's a needle drop in every moment of the movie. Um, but yeah, that's like, it's fun. And then it gets like too much with that. With the yeah. Drops like, me. remember when it plays Atomic by Blondie? <laughs> I do. I, I have, 
a hot take on the soundtrack. And my hot take on the soundtrack comes from ignorance. Oh. I couldn't tell you a single song on the soundtrack. Like, instinctly. I don't rec- It's not music I listen to. It's not music I recognize. It's not art. Like, I, I mean, if you would tell me, oh, that song is, like, this is the title of that song. It's by this person. Like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, I think I've heard about them somewhere. Or I think I've heard about that song. Or, oh, I think I know what that is. But I don't, I have no connection to any of this music in this movie. And that's just because I'm bad. Like, I, my, my musical taste is, like, just really specific stuff. Yeah. I'm now just starting to get into, like, broad pop stuff. And that's been fun. Like, I'm now well, I don't starting want, to I, I don't want to give off, like, the impression that Emily and I are experts either. Like, wait, you're, you're, yeah. we're not too far No, I'm just explaining yeah. my relation to it. Uh, and, uh, no, I, I understand. Like, but this is most people's opinion to the soundtrack is that it's overbearing and stuff. Because, but I feel like you have to, for me, it's like, I just don't really recognize or have any, like, connection to it like intellectually or emotionally that it just becomes background music at some point mm-hmm. and it just feel and so as i'm watching i'm just like oh it just feels part of the score because i just don't really know these songs and so i'm just like some of them like i remember like probably when i'm watching it for the first time i'm like oh these are some of the first times this is like probably the first time i've heard like most of this song, most of this music or at least knowingly and so it's like, I'm just watching it and I still don't really have any connection to these songs. I mean, I've heard them in other movies or whatever and they're good. It's good music. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, I have no real, I couldn't tell you what song was what. And so I'm never really pulled out of it because I'm never be like, Oh, this song it's by this person, oh, this title. Like, God, it's just, I, you know, I can't like, I listen to this on my iPod all the time. Like I don't have, <laughs> It, and that's what everyone else did. Like, and I, I remember like understanding that complaint. And I still do. It makes complete sense. But I just it becomes so part of the movie for me that even though it is overbearing in the sense of like how populated it is with needle drops, yeah. like it is like stuffed with them. I do notice like how much there was. Like, I think like I did notice that part. What I also saw as a complaint was that the movie flexes what came out during the movie set time and what didn't like there okay, yeah well, this song can be released like i wouldn't particularly point out that either um but i think what doesn't help the movie is that this is sort of a trend that we see uh during the decade as well like we see suicide squad and you know like guardians of the galaxy and like things that late gen x or filmmakers will take that they loved as as teenagers to particularly um if you want to go that far and, and be like I, I i've always wanted to include this in, into a into a movie, um, mm-hmm. even if it's not a period piece, like it just sets the the inviting tone, I suppose. Yeah, that's interesting, Clay, that you said that you didn't like recognize, you don't remember a lot of the songs. And I guess I didn't know all the songs when I first listened to them, but there were like definitely they all stuck out to me, which is why I liked the soundtrack so much. But I like my parents like grew up, or like I grew up listening to their like eighties music, so I like knew like, the 99, like, red balloons, and so when I heard that, I, like, thought of my dad immediately, um, and, yeah, so that's interesting, but for me, like, yes, it's overbearing, but it also made the movie so fun for me, because I was, like, oh, it's, like, bop after bop right here. It is. I was, like, keep them coming, but also, like, (laughs) rewatching it, you're, like, this is a little ridiculous, but... Mm. I th- yeah, I don't know. This movie's like so, like we were saying earlier, so stuffed with so many things. Like the aesthetic is very like we have all this neon. Gorgeous, movie. I love gorgeous, it. Gorgeous, gorgeous aesthetic. I love like the the commitment to it and like the graffiti. Like we're in West Berlin now. 
Like, it's just, I feel like they are just having fun with it. It's like, yeah, the plot doesn't make sense. We're all having fun. Charlize is kicking ass. Like, mm-hmm. let's have a fun time. And I think that's why I, like, enjoy this movie so much and why I keep, like, coming back to it. Because it's just, like, a fun time. I love the vibe. I, I agree. I think it's very, yeah. like, you know, there's, there's these movies that you're just like, well, what happens to them? I don't know. Uh, what's, like, the real, th- like, th- th- thematics of it? I'm not sure. But... <laughs> But what? But like, what's the vibe? Oh man, I can tell you the vibe. I can tell, like, you know, it's it. it you it, you kind of just click into it because it does have. Yeah. It is as popular with like certain stylistic choices that give this feeling, give this like vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know the, the visual, you know, like the way it's edited, the way it's um shot, like all of those little distinct choices that makes a film a film can also just give you like kind of give you this comfort and give you this atmosphere to kind of just like buy into and just kind of lock yourself in where you just kind of forget about like what really is the plot what really is the point of certain scenes or whatever you just kind mm-hmm. of you're just like drawn in and you're like i mean you, you, they could do whatever they want at this point it'd still just be like all right this is cool it's great yeah like yeah it. it's i i think because there's clearly craft here it keeps it from becoming totally anonymous mm-hmm. um and yeah and, and becomes it becomes um a little more beneficial. Even focus, you can even read into it, not having too much faith into it, um, giving it that late August release date <laughs> as well. Like, that's you. That's typically... Really? Not a, it not was? Great. Okay. I mean, from what memory serves, like, maybe I'm... Maybe I think I'm it's. Wrong. I think it, I saw late July, so close. I think it did come out in the summer, I remember. Definitely came out during the summer. I know that for yeah. sure. It's a summer movie. But it wasn't, like... I don't even. I doubt it went went up against anything crazy. Maybe it was like some counter programming. Um, I mean, it's nothing crazy, but I do remember that good time was late summer twenty seventeen. Yeah, Again, it came crazy. It came out July twenty eighth. Oh. So like late late July. I watched this like I must have saw this like a Thursday night or whatever. Because mm. I think we're just like people are generally hyped about it. I think. Reviews, even though they are certainly mixed, they were very much more leaning on the positive side. Just because there's just so much. The thing is, when you stuff a movie, and Wick Chapter shit, Two was just like it was also this year. So I think oh, that was that year. That's true. Um, but like, you stuff a movie with so much shit, you're gonna get people. People will get different things out of it that they'll enjoy. So if you like stuff it full of like hot actors, they'll like give it a six <laughs> just based on how hot the actors are. If you yeah, stuff yeah. it with great set pieces. You're just gonna give a six on how like so like it got like good Rotten Tomato score and it got like a decent Metacritic score, um, even though like there's definitely people who love it and there's definitely people who hate it, um, and I um, but like and and it's one of those films of obviously just kind of like yeah of course no I get it like you know it is obnoxious and X Y and Z and it is like also really fun and engaging with X Y and Z so you get so it's you know it was one of those movies where you just like you completely understand if someone hates it or loves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially like, it, it is, and it is so rare to see a movie star for as lenient as we can use that term carry something that is developed by one person. You can even you can say, um, and Charlize, um, one of our, I mean, great actors. I think we can all agree. It's oh, I love it's some, her. It's some, yeah, right. You know, it's yeah. like astounding range and like commitment to each each project um sort of like a fun vibe that's yeah like she's never polarizing i think she's um, also insanely yeah. committed 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think everyone admires her commitment, whether it's shaving her head yeah. or like doing <laughs> month, yeah. months full of training. She cut or, off her arm. You know, like, can you believe it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's why, yeah. She actually cut off her. <laughs> yeah, um, and I mean, we even saw like she's not even tired of action movies. The old guard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think. I hope she keeps doing them. She's like, yeah. like we were saying, super committed and like pretty good at them. So. The more and more she does, it's not even like. Well, I mean. The, there's gonna be an old guard too, supposedly after oh, Gina Price Bythewood right. makes her Viola Davis movie, which is also yes. sounds pretty dope. Because um, yeah. there's more of the graphic but, novels, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not as much, not as many as you think. Because Rucka, it was, it's like a limited, um, limited series. Um, but like also like fucking, um, what was I gonna say? Well, she's in F9. That's gonna come out soon. Mm, she's in Fast and, as Cipher. Yeah. Just a horribly dull character for her. <laughs> Just a character that does not deserve her at all. But, like, the Atomic Bond 2 is in, like, in 2020, we each said, oh, we have a deal with Netflix. And so, like, when, you know, so the, it's an, it's just been in development since. Like, August 2020 is announced when, like, they're, they have a development deal on Netflix yeah. for Atomic Bond 2. And I hope whoever. they get that made. I, I I don't see why not. It did generally pretty well financially. I think it's a it's gained more uh, fans as it's and it's like it's Netflix, so it's one of the things like they just they will take they anything. don't yeah. they'll yeah I don't know I don't know there I I tweeted this out earlier today, but just like there's all these like fine like streaming numbers that are coming out about like shows they just cancel and they're like oh it was actually really popular. And I'm just like it's all. This is not. This is not like. This, speaking of nonsense, this is fucking not like. These numbers are like bullshit. It's not. They don't mean anything. They don't yeah. possess any meaning or true like science like notation. It's just all this weird like. I don't know how they make money. I don't know how they stay in business. I don't know how they keep getting in debt. Mm -hmm. I don't know how what their business plan is. I don't know what does well and what doesn't. I don't know why they cancel anything. It's just one of those things where you just like. I don't fucking know. None of it makes sense. So yeah, sure. Atomic Blonde too. Right. I guess they can make that. <laughs> After spending like five hundred million dollars on Knives Out, like yeah. whatever, like I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand numbers anymore when it comes to streaming stuff. Right. I don't get it. I don't know how they like sp spend that much money on movies every year. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get that either. It's, it's incomprehensible. Yeah. And then they can turn around and do this right after writing Ryan Johnson a blank check, and essentially, yeah. right, like you mentioned, um, it is. I mean, just to like mention Charlize's range one more time like after after this following it up with Tolly is pretty remarkable I just just like reteaming with uh, Jason Reitman which I mean the original collaboration with Jason Reitman is Young Adult which is my personal favorite incredible like, that's my personal mm -hmm. favorite work of Charlize's uh, in the decade but like to go to go from like quiet small drama to like big blockbuster i think it's a certainly a rarity um mm -hmm. and yeah just to like go back to someone with her commitment um and then to be like still up for oscars if she wants like it's it's to, like mm -hmm. I, I mean yeah. already an oscar winner like I, yeah yeah that's, yeah um i yeah, mean she could come back and get nominated i feel like if she wanted right. to like yeah yeah the, did she get I nominated for bombshell i believe so <sighs> did she i love charlie's but I, if I memory know, serves, well, because Margot Robbie got in, 
Yeah. I don't know why, but like um, she's barely in that movie. Nicole uh, didn't get in. No. I think Nicole was the one who didn't get in, but then like Charlize and Margot did. And she's probably the best. I don't Guys, know. Guys, imagine imagine if J. Roche got in. God. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I, I I think I've said this to someone at least. I'd give J. Roche a, a wedgie for sure. I would bully <laughs> J. Roach. What, what's it called when you like stick his face into the toilet? Like the, um... uh, 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 oh, what is that called? Yeah, what is... That was a huge thing in all of like high school media. Yeah, is that right. uh? Damn! Wet, wow. Wet dream. What I I don't know. Um, but like, but no, I mean, like, I mean, it is interesting. Even though I think Bombshell is a disgusting piece of a disgusting film. Uh, it is interesting that she made a romantic comedy that same year. Yeah, with Long Shot. Long yeah. Shot. Which she was, like, I thought that movie was very funny. Um, I, I haven't seen it. I actually want to see it. It's genuinely pretty funny. Like, I, it got a few laughs out of me. And I think she does, like, comedy really well. I wish she would, like, do more. I love to see Rogan as a romantic lead, too. It's pretty, it was it's, interesting. It's I was like, Rogan and Charlize. Like, yeah. Only Liz, <laughs> Liz Kelly saw something in them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, and she follows up Bombshell and Longshot with Old Guard the next year, and then, like, F9. Like, so, she's in random stuff, like, and uh, if you look at, like, apparently her production company is going very strong. I mean, like, she oh, produced and, uh, Mindhunter. Produced Mindhunter, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. She, I thought she produced something else recently, but maybe I'm just, like, thinking of something else. I mean, but... she's produced Old Guard, she produced uh, Bombshell. Produced this? Uh, of course. She produced yeah, Longshot, she produced The Private War, the Rosemont Pike film. She produced Gring, the the Gringo film for Amazon. Ugh. I haven't seen that, but Jesus yeah. Christ! I well, I wrote and directed that, so I'm little... you honestly did. I could believe that <laughs> for sure. I mean, that's a pretty sick cast. <laughs> it is a crazy cast for a movie yeah. that no one watched. Um, no, but it is interesting if you go on IMDb. It's like under producer, she has fifteen upcoming projects. Under actor, she has three. <laughs> oh, interesting. And and so who knows? Maybe she gets plugged into one of those produ- produ- uh, producing yeah um, wow she does have a lot of yeah so she's at like she's active and i you know i i i love you charlize but uh, you're pretty you know, and and i like a lot of the i like a lot of the movies you produced but i mean not the strongest track record with bombshell and gringo on there so i think uh i'll i'll wait and see what other people say before i just jump on a charlie's yeah. theron produced film I mean, it could take a while for her to just, like, become another plan B and sort of, like, yeah, gradual maybe. incline, I suppose. Yeah, she could, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. like, the next Brad Pitt in the sense of her, like, how involved she is producing-wise could be mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. possible. Or even, like, finding Leo. a brand for things to produce that she's not starring in. Or directors um, to hitch her ride to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, just, or I could see a future that... Um, if Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman have another script for her, um, she'll be That'd on board awesome. for that too. What if she? What if she? Or produces produ- it. She's a producer on Ghostbuster Afterlife. What if she's a producer to that? <laughs> what if she's one of the ghosts? Oh, okay. That <laughs> now you got me in. Now I'm hooked. <laughs> Who are you gonna Sold. call? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um. When, is there anything else we want to talk about with the movie? Um, Would you say, Emily, that this is up there with the best action of the decade, or is, or is this? We need to talk about like the a, action. Yeah, I, I, I guess we really haven't. Yeah, have we? Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I was gonna say uh, this movie, like, 
I think it's one of the best. I don't I don't know if I've seen maybe enough action movies of the decade to say this, but apart from jo the John Wick movies, I think this is probably one of the best action movies from the decade. I think like obviously John Wick is doing a ton like with their action, but I think just like the um the commitment to just being above and beyond in this movie like with the action like the nine let's talk about the nine minute stairway scene of like, course like the in the, the fact that there's also just the, the big marquee title that we've blatantly yeah. ignored through this whole thing yeah. <laughs> yeah um like even the other action scenes every action sequence is so interesting so it feels more realistic than a lot of other ones just because they're so brutal and like the knife scene especially i just i love the way that that's shot and handled and like that got me, like, so into, like, appreciating stunt people and, like, fighting in movies that now, like, any movie that, like, like, Marvel movies, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what are you doing? The yes. CGI it's... nonsense. Yeah, know, I'm like, what? Like, get Charlize back in here, please. Like, That's funny. Because we're 25 movies in, and it's it still doesn't look that good. It's like, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> the Winter Soldier stuff is the best action stuff we've ever done and it's not even close. I think it's like yeah. by default. Because it's actual people and it's not like like laser beams or whatever. It's like actual yeah. people fighting. And it's funny. I thought of Winter Soldier before when we talked about the lack of spy movies nowadays. And that's people were so desperate for it, they called that one a spy movie. Exa exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's yeah. like, well, it's three days of the Condor, but you know, it's and it's like, no, but we we're not getting that. We're getting it in the costume of Captain America. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, like the night, like the that, yeah. I mean, like when you think about. I forget. I mean, I feel like all of us, when we're getting into films, like or what, or like television or whatever, you get in, you, there's certain movies where you just like you appreciate a whole new factor of something. Mm -hmm. Like you watch a movie that's like had, like editing is such a like is such a main feature of it. Like maybe a Scorsese film, and then you're like, oh fuck, editing man, what is this? What it what what's going on here? <laughs> Or you watch when you are like, or like in 2015 when I watched like Sicario, that's when I'm like, okay, what are, what do cinematographers do? What is, what, what, what you know, like Roger Deakins, why, why is that name important? You're going to learn about a person named Thelma Schoonmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, and then for me, look for like the action stuff. I feel like for people in our generation, John Wick was definitely, John Wick and like the, you yeah. know that the yeah the john wick films were definitely like oh action what is this gun fu what is what what, what what what's going on here like what like what how can this be a thing that is made yeah in, on like in in on screen yeah for real i think i think mm -hmm. something shifted when they dropped john wick because yeah. it was i think it was western choreography that hadn't been seen to american audiences before in to code yeah. it in this neon, I mean, that's it. I mean, we'll save, I'm sure we'll save these same things when we cover John Wick, oh, but it's like, uh, yeah, I, I know. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's like to code it in this neon drenched world of like syndicates and secrets. Mm -hmm. 
it's I think that was that was really that was really revolutionary. But we've seen we've seen these things before, but just not done um, in that way for American audiences at least. Right, yeah. right. And then you got this like, was for the yeah. And then you have franchises that are carried carried before the decade, like Fast and Furious, Mission Impossible, Born, even makes a comeback. Um, yeah, and like Born, that's a whole new variety of hand like. Like I think hand to hand combat is what like like I think that's that idea of hand to hand combat in film has become so not become it's always been a big part of like action filmmaking but it has become like for me when I say it's like it's become my new fascination with a lot of action movies like I watched uh, this film called The Avengement it's on Netflix it's this like 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 indie like grimy uh, British like crime thriller with Scott Adkins and Scott Adkins is this like stunt person who's like this mixed martial artist who has become like a fucking like the coming of Jesus in the in in the direct-to-video action genre like he's in all of these direct-to-video action movies and he's like has like the ins- and pulls off some insane stunts and is become this, like, icon in with, like, people, like, with action junkies. Like, he has his own podcast now that he interviews, like, action filmmakers and stuff. Um, like, I think he's had even the, both, I think he's either had Stahelski, Leach, or both on his podcast to talk about action. Right, but, like, yeah. I watched that on Netflix. I seek that out after, like, people who are like, yeah, this has great hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. And I think that my interest in that, like, sphere of action filmmaking and this, again, it's like it, when you say these things of like, what was your first blank when it comes to certain as like certain aspects of film? It's mostly going to be like stereotypical stuff, like like I said, Sicario, Roger Deakins, of course, it's very cliche. Fellow Shoemaker in like all of the Scorsese movies, very cliche. Like it's it, it feel like, I feel like for our generation, it's either the Raid films or John Wick. Mm. The John Wick is more common since those are Amer- like you know American and stuff like that, and like they have a bigger audience, so they've been seen by more people. But the raid is all oh, those raid films are like people like to think they're like oh what's like when people ask you like oh it's an underrated movie the raid even though it's not underrated in the sense of like everyone who's seen it has usually raved about it and is also like like one of the more popular action films amongst people who watch a lot of action movies, and so it's not like underseen it's underseen to compare to like John Wick. But it's not underseen when it comes to like people on film Twitter or whatever. It's that's not yeah. an underrated movie. That's just a foreign film that not many people have totally watched. I think some other one-off like auteur action, like uh, Baby Driver or Snowpiercer, um, mm-hmm. things that that were clearly inspired by action riffs uh, from from decades before. They they certainly caught word of mouth uh, pretty easily. And it's and they were sleeper hits from years after they came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I do think when Jackie asked Emily this question earlier about best action of the decade, American when it comes to American films, because I I've seen you know like The Night Comes for Us is probably my is one of my favorite action movies of the decade for sure. And like, you know, I mentioned the raid series and there's a lot of other great, um, Eastern cinema that has like incredible action, but like, um, like American, like American mainstream films, I think is definitely up there. Cause, Mm -hmm. and even though it's like, what, how much, how many action scenes are there? Like there's like four, 
Yeah. Like, there, it's not like, it's not like stuffed with action. It's not like, you know. This isn't the raid. No, no, it's or not the raid like, one. yeah. The raid one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it is, it is like, but like, in the terms of quality and inventiveness and creativity, I mean, like, everyone, I think, freaked out the moment she got that hose in that one, like, scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, when, yeah. like, yeah. just people just, she, like, like, swoops down from the... Right yeah, there. yeah, I, and that, it was heavily featured in the trailer of her, like, whipping that shit. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, that kind of inventiveness of, like, you know, using car keys or whatever, just that kind of, like, just using what, like, what's in front of you as weapons. Yeah. I think everyone digs that. I think everyone loves it. It's one of those things that always gets a movie theater hyped. I mean, like, the biggest, like... You know, John Wick with the pencil in the second one, or mm-hmm. when he gets into the knife store in the third yeah. one. Everyone loses their you, mind. Everyone knows that, like, that's going to be, like, insane when, as soon as they enter that room. Like... Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, anytime you have to, like, pick up things and just make them into weapons, for some reason, for some reason audiences gobble that shit up so, so quickly. <laughs> no thoughts, just the opening scene of John Wick 3. <laughs> Yeah, head empty. Honestly. Just the knife store. You know what just occurred to me? I think in the 2010s we saw a lot of action hidden away from us in YA novel adaptations, right? Because we mentioned Jen Lawrence earlier, and the Hunger Games were pretty visceral and it's an action um, franchise for sure. Arresting um, but Maze we never Runner, talk about them that way. Maze Runner, Divergent. Um, you know these these now things were just like things that you made up, right? I, Those are made-up things. I know, I know. Gringo? Divergent. <laughs> yeah. Douchebag? So, but, yeah, it's, douchebag. That was a movie we talked about earlier that yeah, does hey. exist. It's, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It, but the, we just dismiss them because we're just like, well, those are for teenagers and they don't have, you know, but no, it is an act like Battle Royale is like you know that was the thing like oh Hunger Games is a space on Battle Royale and Battle Royale is an action movie That's so true. like it, those yeah. are like action movies so it is weird we don't put those under the same category because it, it we do very much other them yeah. I haven't seen enough to uh, to truly like give my opinion of like well that's why I don't put them with this I just I've seen like the first two Hunger Games and then I'm like yeah okay and then I just didn't want, like you know I haven't seen any well, of the Maze Runner films I'm with Emily though I I'm, I was a Hunger Games person. I'm- Oh man, I was so like into that. I like, oh, uh, like I watched every Jennifer Lawrence movie before I saw Hunger Games. Um, but yeah, now I'm trying to think back to like. If Did you see Syriana? What was that one with Cooper? Serena. Um, Serena. That was yeah, the yeah. one I think I didn't see because I couldn't like get my hands on it or something. Yeah. But... Speaking of another act, oh wait, no, no, never mind. I I got Search for Ronan and Jennifer Lawrence confused in my head like for two seconds. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, Hannah? That yeah. Was, I was going to say, oh, Jennifer... Hannah, no, no, do different. That's a pretty good action movie, I think. Yeah. I haven't seen def- that in a long yeah. time. But... It's been a while for, for yeah. me as well. Joe Wright directed that. Joe, mm-hmm. Joe Wright. Did, yeah. Director of Anna Karenina, which we covered recently. Woman in the Window. Yeah, the legendary Woman in the Woman Window. window. The That's acclaimed right. Woman yeah. in the Window. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I would love to see if he approached Sersha. Hey, Sersha, you know, I've been, or Kira, or any well, of the actresses he's yeah. worked with in the past. I believe, cool. and I believe she was, like, I, I believe it was going to be Julianne Moore, and then, um, she has scheduling conflict, and then, well, spoilers, she's only in one scene, and so then, yeah. it's like, wait, have you seen it? Me? Yeah. Yeah. You've seen Women in the Window? I have. Have, Emily, have you seen Women in the Window? 
I watched it for Amy Adams because I love her. Well, I mean, I don't. I mean, like I so many of us outnumbered before <laughs> by people who've seen, seen Women in the Window. I haven't. Well, I, I mean, like I guess Netflix. Netflix will release numbers like this is how many people saw it opening weekend. It's like yeah. did did anyone really see it? Is the thing like we saw yeah. it, but did anyone see it? I don't really know. Emily, did we cut you off? No, I don't think okay. I don't know what oh, okay. I'm saying. I'm, yeah. I think you're good, but okay, good, good. Yes. Um. Yeah. Now I'm. I'm like. Pe- like, am I backpedaling? If Atomic Blonde is okay. the butt. Maybe I just butt. accused you of something that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, cause now, cause you do. You mentioned uh, the night comes for us, and that is like an insanely good action movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I, yeah, I don't know. I just think like maybe it's like the my personal like relationship with Atomic Blonde because that was like, apart from John Wick, like that movie. I was like, okay, I'm gonna like go watch more action movies now mm-hmm. and like appreciate them more because of this movie. Yeah, totally. I think I think something that Night Comes for Us does that, um, that this one kind of falls trapped into. Um, it, it never really heightens itself. It's sort of it's while well as action is pretty remarkable it doesn't it doesn't have like elevation to it like i think the wick mm-hmm. series do, series does what do you mean by that what do you mean by like elevation i think it i'm not sure if i was if i was wowed even more each time it was just mm-hmm. i was i was impressed but it wasn't like the impression there was, was con- like taken up a like, notch, like right? built up yeah Maybe I, a progression was a better word than elevation. I can see that. I mean, well, Night Comes for Us, though. Like, I, I don't know. I'm always like, I've I've seen that movie three times now. And I'm all like, the like at, at, at each action scene after each action scene, I'm just kind of like, holy shit, what are they doing? It's like it's such a it's like a kid in a candy store kind of movie. Just like like the like okay, we're gonna have a fight in a butcher shop right now, just because, and then we're gonna have a fight in a we're using like pool uh like pool balls and like billiards and stuff like that and we're gonna beat dudes brains in with it and it's like that kind of invent see that like that's why i mean th- that movie also has that like they're using any object they can to kill people with which is awesome um or beat the shit out of people and it's like so i, I get because atomic blonde it does feel like it is it's as good as it's going to be. Maybe, I guess, the elevation would be that nine-minute fight scene, but then you have another scene at the end of that, which is, like... The, which can only be worse. So it doesn't feel like there is that consistent build-up. So I do get that idea of it. But, yeah, um, that's right. But if you look at quality, like, that nine-minute fight scene is right. true. It's, it's truly astonishing what they pulled off. It's perfect. Um, I, I think... I, I believe it is like a Birdman type thing where they had multiple takes, but just stitched them together yeah. to make it look. Oh, like you can see it thing. if you look closely. They like do they do the like the like classic like the camera moves really fast. So then yeah, 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 a blur. Yeah, but it's it really is like for general audiences. I feel like it just looks seamless. And even mm-hmm. even when I first saw it, I did think like at least most of it was like uncut. Same until later until I started learning like oh there's like really cool editing tricks you can do for this type of stuff. So. This, the overall effect is still so cool because you're just like, it just plays out like you never. I, I don't know. You, like fight sequences can be so fast sometimes, and so I like it when it's like drawn out. Like she's literally like fighting for her life here. She has nothing like to use. She's like out of guns and bullets, and then she like uses the guns to like beat her attackers and everything. And 
it's just so sick. Like, and it's like the complete opposite to what Paul Greengrass brings to Born. It's like fights are over in three seconds. <laughs> like, yeah. Whoa! Wait a minute, there was combat there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely that fat, like that fat, like that's the yeah, definitely. Like that's that. Those action scenes are chopped up as hell. It's like shaky cam chopped up, like, mm-hmm. and you know that's for different purposes. That there's different intention. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that, yeah, but totally. But it's definitely like it's definitely like the opposite. Um, but it also, but they're but they're both brutal in their own way. I mean, like the fight scene in Ultimatum when he like chokes the dude out in that shower is really fucking brutal. Yeah. Because um, it's because that that's, that that kind of takes a little while because that chases a little bit and it just it feels like personal because it's so like it's so like it's just one v one that's the thing with the born franchises a lot of times it's not him going up against a thousand people yes, it's him going totally. up against one individual assassin who and it feels so like personally like like it kind of hurts sometimes um because <laughs> it's just kind of like oh like they're like i don't know they're professionals they're, they're doing you know this thing but it doesn't feel like they're nameless thugs because they're just so singularly like they're fighting one another like these these is one v one like i will fight to kill you i will fight to survive rather than just like nameless goons who kind of come out but that's the porn franchise um with a top like i think the thing that people almost notice immediately besides how long like like you know it was just it it's like a long take um a long shot i mean um um is or like a single take long shot um i don't even know what words i'm saying anymore but you know what i mean um, I think the people think that people, the thing that people noticed almost immediately was how everyone was so tired, like mm-hmm. the constant, like de- deterioration of stamina. Cause you don't see that a lot. You see, like, yeah. you know, you, you never like, you never see Arnold Schwarzenegger, like really like breathing, just kind of like, oh my God, holy shit. Okay. Oh, let's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh my God. That was a lot. Like, no, it's like, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's invincible. Like, you know, Sylvester Stallone, like they just, they don't breathe. Like they just mm-hmm. do. They're just committed action. Like, you know, right. like, you know, action and then that and was, weapons. of course, like that was the thing that was revolutionary about John McClane. Like Bruce Willis looks like a person. Yeah. Like... But even he's not just so out of breath where he can like barely like stand up or whatever. Like this was mm-hmm. because it, the cheer like you like we kept talking like long it's nine it's nine fucking minutes like of just pure just like fighting and just people just being so like out of like like out of breath and like barely Mm -hmm. being able to stand straight and all being like this messy that's what adds to the brutality of it and adds to the kind of the humanity of it too is that people they're acting like how people would if they've been fighting for nine fucking minutes trying to stay alive like you really you really do think that goon will choke out lorraine i guess oh yeah it's pretty yeah, hard to watch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's so brutal. Cause just the, it's like the real time of it. And then they get thrown down the stairs, but they crawl back up, like, back to her. And, like, I love, like, the key, like, obviously the key scene at that, like, when she shoves the key in this. Or no, oh, that's a different one, sorry. But the, the key guy, um, and she's, like, they're in the room. The blonde. Finally. Yeah, the blonde dude. Horrible and haircut. Like, yeah. And... They're just like so. They're falling over, just like grasping mm-hmm. for anything that they can get to kill each other. And it exactly. Makes it so intense, and I don't even. I don't think there's any music playing over that entire scene. No. no. Which is a breath of fresh air for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I agree. But yeah, it's yeah, it has a good effect on it. I think. Of course, like and there's not that even that Eddie Marsden so... moment where it's like building up the courage to 
Yeah, he's like just there. Yeah. Eddie Warzman's great in this. I like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great actor. Um, he, but like, the thing is about that. I mean, it's gory. I mean, like, yeah, you do see like blood and stuff, and you see like you know, but it's not. It's not like crazy. Like again, like when come, night comes for us, you see like like all of the gore, like all of the blood possible in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like you see some sickening shit. Um, and that whole stair, you know, the staircase thing is, like, you see people getting shot, you see, like, a lot of blood, but nothing, like, too, like, maybe he gets stabbed in the eye, or, like, close, but you don't even see that so much either. It just feels, like, the brutality from it, I guess what I'm trying to say, the brutality of it is it comes from, like, oh, they're bleeding a lot. It's because of how, like, impactful and how, like, kind of savage they are when it comes to the violence. It's not like a, it's not it's not a dance. It's not like a ballet like 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 John Wick can be sometimes, where it doesn't feel like there's like you know step here, step there, step here, step there. It doesn't feel like this like choreographed like dance. It feels like I am trying to survive this. I will use anything I could possibly can too, and I will use all of the strength I possess to make sure that I kill you and that I survive. Mm-hmm. And that, like, sa- the kind of savagery of it and, like, the brutality of it, it, like, it's, yeah, it doesn't really come from, oh, it's a lot of gore or whatever. It comes from just how hard those punches are and how much they impact the other person and, like, how they're all right. just so tired and, like, lost, lost, of, like, you know, like, you know, barely can breathe and just staggerly moving any place else and cannot, like, have a, can't really feel, like, regain full control of their own bodies. It's it's great. Because Leech shows us a lot of the time Lorraine being just like beaten and mangled, just looking looking like this is doing her no good. Um, mm-hmm. at, like the character introduction does at the start of the film. And then like immediately after the stairwell scene um, is another good example. And then I think it's interesting that um, the contradiction almost, the amount of outfits that we see. Um, like there's a lot of cocktail dresses and stuff like that, where it's mm-hmm. it's like this it's the life of glamour, but then behind the scenes, it's it's like it's kung fu, you know? It's mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like she says, uh, John Goodman, or like you know, if I knew that he was going to call the police, I would have worn a different outfit. And, like, and people, they're like, "What do you mean?" It's like I had to beat the shit out of them. <laughs> like, like of course we didn't see her say that, but like the yeah. thing is, like she was not dressed for beating the shit out of people. She was dressed for like going to an apartment. She was caught off guard. Yeah, and then she's but she still was able to like beat the beat the tar out of them. Um, but like, uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, but she like he Leech keeps the like there the thing with action movies and the action movie hero the prototypical prototypical action movie hero your you know John Rambo your John McClane your um uh your John Matrix no I'm joking that's Arnold from Commando um yes. that uh uh you know Jason Bourne James Bond John Wick there's this issue that a lot of yeah, just there's a lot. There's this issue that action filmmakers have dealt with for decades, um, and they still deal with it today. And a lot of them fail, and a lot of them succeed. Is how to make how to make their hero not invincible, but also mm. don't don't feel like in like lucky either. Like there has to be this balance of they're skilled, 
they have what it takes, but they're not like pure like killing machines that can't take any punch that can't like and sometimes they lean into one or the other sometimes like oh this person's just completely lucky oh sometimes this person is just all like just this pure like invincible like invincible uh killer and you know it can work it can work for a certain movie it depends on the tone you're trying to go for but a lot of times they try to find the middle they try to find the balance of course some lean more towards the other like some lean towards the uh, one side more than the other. I mean, John uh, John McClane is very much more lucky than equipped in Invincible. John Wick is more. I mean, John Wick. They've actually find, found that balance pretty well because he gets so he gets injured so much in those movies. Yes. John Rambo. He's much more invincible than he is lucky. Much more. So in uh, almost all of Arnold's characters he's ever played is like purely invincible and like almost mm-hmm. never lucky. And sometimes, like, like sometimes that's intentional. Sometimes that's just them not crafting a good character or stakes or whatever. With this, it's like they, I think they find the balance pretty well. Like they never make her overpowered. They never like they, she, you never see her like chucking somebody out the window or whatever, which is like her pure strength or whatever. Because that's not where she like they don't they don't have to make her this completely different fighter to have to for people to believe that she can actually beat these dudes. Like she's still. It feels uniquely to her character. She uses, again, she uses her intelligence and uses her skills rather than her pure strength or brutality or athleticism. She uses like objects, like the whole whip thing, and uh, like the whole, like the hose at the uh, apartment, or using the keychain at the movie theater, or all those kind of things. She like has, she knows she's probably disadvantaged a lot when she's going against these goons in terms of like pure strength. They're probably a lot stronger than her. But she still has, but she has the intelligence and the training and the like. It's chess a lot, a lot of times, but it's also just her timing things, timing when to like strike, to when to like counter a punch, and and to use what object when, and also just using like pure, like willpower and like I need to make sure I get that gun away, or I need to like kick that out, and also or I need to get that object to stab them with. Um, it it, it but you she gets her shit rocked a lot. I mean, that whole nine-minute scene is her getting, like, her ass beat, even though she's able to, you know, kill every single one there. It's almost like she loses, but but then she just escapes. Oh, yeah. 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 But she kills all of them. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing, but it feels like she, but it's like everyone lost, because she got, she yeah. got, like, her ass whooped, even though she yeah. killed everyone. She didn't come out unscathed, the... yeah. Yeah. And then Spyglass dies anyway, because they get knocked off the... Mm-hmm. The bridge at the end. And Eddie Marsden. Like, yeah. Um, In summary, then, uh, uh, Charlize Theron, shoot me, shoot me in the face. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Please yeah. punch me like anytime. Yeah. And, and, hey, I'm I'm available. I'm available. <laughs> you, gotta, you need to punch me, like in the morning, at night, you know, during the day. I'm I'm here. Yeah. Clay, were you gonna say something? I probably was. I say a lot of things. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, is there anything else we want to discuss about the action? Like, is there anything else you want to? Yeah. Um, I suppose this is just another um, influence of of John Wick. I don't, I don't, I don't really see its influence sh- um, slowing down at all either. It's it's something that'll the way that it it brings over so many 
styles. Um, yeah, I think this is just the first prime example, just because mm -hmm. the crew is so involved. Yeah. But again, like I'm sure we'll repeat all of this when we cover John Wick. So as for telling blonde though, it's um yeah, I think that's that's where a majority of its strengths lie. It's um mm -hmm. really well crafted choreography. Um so yeah, anything else you want to talk about the action, Emily? Um I'm just gonna highlight one of my favorite parts of the the scene where she like uses the hose is when she uses the refrigerator to like so eat the guy's head like just mm, so good stuff like that is just makes me excellent makes me happy yeah because you have to use actual ideas and stuff you it, like the thing is you have to write that you have to think about that that can't just be all right punch him like you know punch him now or you know yeah. like you you fight he punches you dodge and then you punch back it's there's more to it. There's more of that inventiveness and playfulness that it, that it takes place crafting that scene, um, and I think every every audience member can like understand that and like recognize it, even if you're not like an action aficionado or whatever. You can still just be like, oh, that was like a choice they made, and that was probably really fun to figure out. Yeah. Like, let's have this, like, you know, let's let's have her use this um, unorthodox unorthodox weapon. Let's have her like you know whip these dudes in the balls, and it's like, and the thing is, that's not even like funny. It's funny, but it's not in the sense of like it's just smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like you're fighting another person, and you you're, you know you're trying to survive, and you're trying to like get over the other person. They have a weak point. Kick them in the balls. <laughs> like they like it's it's statically like the sound move. Yeah. yeah, it's funny how there are of course so many more action movies this decade that we have not mentioned in this episode, but audiences are not foolish to seeing what does and doesn't work in something like Atomic Blonde than, rather than something more anonymous. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, yeah, that's just another prime example of that. I think um, this, using, like, objects in your environment is, like, reminding me, actually, of, like, horror movies and when they use that really interestingly. Like, it's mm -hmm. always, people always talk about, like, like, the Evil Dead movies, like, he had the chainsaw arm. Like, that's so fun. And that was like, in the shed. Yeah, exactly. Like that's so cool. And now, in like the in Scream Four, when she uses like the electric thing or whatever to kill the killer at the very end in the hospital, like just stuff like that is like in a horror movie. It's probably usually like framed in a more humorous way, depending on the horror movie, or like a very more like violent way. But I I don't know. I just made that connection. Like we're yeah. talking about action movies and how we don't recognize like. Uh, young adult like movies movie adaptations as action movies and i'm like actually horror movies have like a lot of like that too i think that there yeah i mean the, the funny thing is and and they act in that sort of same like lorraine is doing that i mean it's not even in the sense of yes she is making the smart move by using those objects but it's also a move out of desperation like mm -hmm. oh i don't have anything on me right now i don't have a gun i don't have a knife i don't have a baton let me use this instead same thing with horror, like, Final Girls or, like, the, you know, like, whatever. Like in a horror movie, it's just, like, the killer has the upper hand. What can I use? Because I'm in a point of desperation and they're about to kill me. Mm -hmm. So, like, the action that comes from desperation is definitely the thing that connects those ideas. Like, I think that's... No, that's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, like, if you watch any fucking, like, uh, slasher movie, like, of course, like, the Final Girl mm -hmm. will always just be like, Oh, I found this in the tool shed and I'll slow them down. Yeah. I mean, we saw it thousands of thousands of times in uh, 
happy death day. Right. You did. And yeah. Yeah. I guess I suppose like both things are, um, just people in fight or flight situations. Like exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that, and time bomb covers that well, just like do or don't you will like, you know, it's do or die, do or die. Yeah. Excellent. To be or not to be. <laughs> Um, Should we close the book there, on Atomic Blonde? Yeah, yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about? Do we have our passports? Can we leave Germany now? Oh my god. <laughs> have you ever been to Germany, anyone here? Nope. I was, I was there on uh, a layover, actually. Um, but um, I wasn't in Germany. Like, on a va- family vacation. Um, we were in... We, they were in uh, Europe when I was younger. But um, I have seen part of the Berlin Wall. I have seen. I, 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 but so in DC, it's closed now, actually, funny enough. The and museum? I just learned about this. And it was very upsetting to hear. The museum? Do you guys know what that Isn't is? Isn't that what it's called? And they had a piece of the. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, it was great. It's, it's, it's hell. It's, yeah. it, it, it's great. Um, but speaking of Anchorman, they actually have a. They, they, you could tell, like, at some point, like, the last time I was there, I could tell, oh, you're not, you guys aren't doing well, because they had, like, a Anchorman section, because they were just like, I don't know the news, kids might like this, Ron Burgundy. I was surprised that place closed, because when I went, it was, like, pretty cool, they had, like, a ton of stuff there. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's really, I learned that, I used to live in D.C., and I used to live in North Virginia, and I grew up, and I went to that, I've been to that fucking museum six times at least and so it was really upsetting to hear that but yeah no they had a piece of the berlin wall i mean that was a huge part of like because mm-hmm. journalism was a lot you know that, that journalism was also another covert thing that happened during the cold war that people <laughs> lost their lives for that was very shadowy um so yeah yeah uh reporters just like caught another another like facet in individuals being caught in the middle of all of this like true those yeah that's the ultimate like I was just doing my job and I got yeah, caught exactly. in, in the yeah. middle of the international incident. Yeah. I think we even still um, see that partially today. You know, so, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Um, yeah, Atomic Blonde. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's go to favorite scene. A lot of choose from here. Cause so who's going to pick the staircase? <laughs> <laughs> can I? Can maybe we should issue a challenge not to p- pick the staircase? That's yeah. what I was wondering, yeah. Let's just do because we talked about it so much. Let's... Let's see if we can pick something else. Mm-hmm. Um, does anyone have your choice, or I could go first? You can go first. I don't have mine. <laughs> um, I... I'll go with her getting caught, like, her um, getting... Uh, when she just gets off the plane, she gets into the car. And the action scene that comes with that, she uses her like red heel to like beat that dude yeah. up, and that like that's also in the trailer. I mean, a lot, funny enough, like a lot of this movie is in the trailer. Yeah, um, Emily was right. This is a pretty good one. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I remember that trailer pretty. Vi- like, it's also like you it, needle drops and trailers just work so well together. I don't care what anyone says. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this movie is a pure needle drop, so it it, it makes sense why the trailer would be kick ass. Um, mm-hmm. But like, yeah, no, like she, because it, it has that 
it, you know, it like it just immediately starts with okay, there's like shadowy like in like you know espionage intrigue that's going on. Like, oh, Mr. Bragovich will not be happy that you're here. Like, you know, like stereotypical like spy shit. And I'm like, all right, cool, I'm in. This is like I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. So like, cool. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, he's not happy. Apparently, he's not happy that she's there. So I guess things are gonna happen. So. And, like, basically, she, you know, and then she grabs the heel and starts beating the fuck out of the dude next to, next to, um, next to her. And I, like, you know, fights in confined spaces are always cool. And, like, especially in car, like, people fighting in car. Um, and it's just <laughs> really well shot, uh, really well made. Um, and I, uh, yeah, no, I, I really like it. I think it's, me happy. it's also just a good movie. Yeah. That's what yeah. It's... Basically I'm trying, it, it's just a good appetizer. That's what I'll say. It's a good sure. appetizer for what yeah, the movie is yeah. going to bring like mm-hmm. forward. And you know, it's like the whole thing of her, I don't know. I've always remembered her grabbing the seatbelt. I, I forgot, like for some reason, when you think of a seatbelt, you're like, well, for you, for the seatbelt to be used properly, you have to you have to like click it into the holder but i never thought of like oh you could just like hold it and you'd still be like pretty okay i mean like it wouldn't be great but like it still would serve its function you don't have to exactly like like fasten it you know people say fasten the seatbelt but you can mostly just like hold it and it'll still mostly have the same effect um and just that whole whole thing of it and then then percival opening the car almost immediately like after like he stopped welcome to berlin any gunshot and like you're fucking late Percival like all of that little like banter and stuff I'm just like yeah cool this is great two hot people just like talking about like espionage and like you know like she just killed a guy and he's like carrying a body and whatever it's just like it's awesome (laughs) Emily you're welcome to go if if you have one um I think my like another scene I really like um that is like so striking is the fight in the movie theater with the keys. Yeah. Which we didn't discuss. The fact oh, that yes. Yes. Stalker, I love Stalker playing in the background. Yeah. I've never seen Stalker, but since I've seen that movie, Excellent. I was like, oh, I gotta see Stalker. Oh. Yeah, and you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I have not seen mm-hmm. Stalker. I don't think I've seen any Tarkovsky, so it's uh, it's a blind yeah. spot for me. Yeah. They're very good to fall asleep, um, too. <laughs> did he do Solaris? He did mm-hmm. do Solaris. Okay, I've seen that, and I um, liked it all. Also, The Mirror and... Uh, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I remember watching that and it's just such a good, like, set piece, like, them fighting the stalker and using the key and it's like, it's just awesome. Like, it's a great action sequence and I love when movies are in, are inside, like, a movie is playing inside of a movie. I love that. Um, and I've always, I was like, hmm, I'm sure, like, stalker might relate to the plot somehow or if it's, like, a clever thing or if, uh... Leech is just like a big fan of the movie. I don't know. I think it's I think it's a clever thing. He's a big fan of the movie, and it's also that it came out in the early '80s in Germany. <laughs> is my guess? Yeah, yeah. Yes, right. And it's also That's Russian, like... and they're in East Berlin. It is mm-hmm. Russian, and they are in East Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I repeating what you said? <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it, it, I, I get that. No, it's like sometimes you're just like information was just given to me. How do I process information? Okay, I will repeat it, and then I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> Um, but no, that's but yeah, great that's though. Good. Yeah, it's like another yeah. standout scene for me, I think. But definitely, like, if we were gonna pick our actual favorites, then it's the nine-minute scene. Because how? Can yeah. We be, you know. Yeah, of course. I think that, that'll have... be our like that'll be like our group favorite. That's our collective pick. 
there's been a scene, uh, there's been, like an action, action like scene in taking place in a movie theater with a like the screen on before. Ha- there has to have been, and I'm th- and there has to be a famous one that I'm not thinking of. But it, no, it, it's great. I mean, like also. No, I think you're it, right. Like, now, now that you say that. Yeah, I'm it's like remembering. Like it's, it's been done before for sure. Yeah, and it, like there's something really never mind. Um, yeah, really but famous. like, yeah, and but what was I gonna say? So like. The Last Jedi. I know this is a crazy, oh, crazy boy. transition. Be careful. <laughs> I think I, I, someone mentioned this after they watched it. It's like when they talk about the throne room scene, the throne room fight. If there's a strong, like everyone loves when a strong color aesthetic choice is the backdrop of the fight. Yes. It's always good. Like the white, like how white the bathroom is in Mission Impossible Fallout. Just it's like pure, just like like tile white if there's like this strong color aesthetic choice in the background of a fight it's always engaging so i think i mean it's it's kind of different since it's like there's a lot more colors involved but in the fight scene just that like them fighting behind the screen and like them Mm -hmm. fighting the shadows of it when it's just like this very bright kind of white you know gray it like white gray kind of neon um colors kind of intersecting with one another well, as they're fighting, it's really, it's just super engaging. Like, I love I the mean, use of color in this movie. The perfect, mm-hmm. like, example of that sort of deal, Chapter 2, John Wick, and that house of glass in the yes. mirrors at yeah. the very end. Ruby wow. Rose. Wow, say Magnifique. Oh, my goodness. I think as for my pick, one of those last fight scenes in that hotel room, um, she's mm. uh, double, like, with some operative, um, and they're talking about like a betray, like final words for each other, like some some kind of betrayal. I'm losing fog. I'm I'm like foggy on the details, but um, but yeah, no, that's, that's oh, you mean at guess. the end? Like, at yeah, the, the very, very end. Like, yeah, with like Bragovich yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I can't. That's probably not his name, but I'm so confident it is. It's like Bragovich or something. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's yeah, it's along those lines. Yeah. yeah, but no, I just, I just really like how contained that one is, and it's like kind of um, that moment has some catharsis to it because she's, she's like writing some wrongs. That, she's yeah. wearing a stunning red dress. Just course, like yes. the dresses so she wears hilarious. in this movie are, holy shit, not hard to look at at all. Yeah, the I mean, the, yeah, they're good. They're good. Like McAvoy dressed in like the Stasi like coat. It's like all mm-hmm. like everyone's just so impeccably dressed. Like the yeah. leather yeah. that Sofia Patella wears. The mm-hmm. yeah. oh man, it's just everyone's just looking great. Yes, yes, yes. I love the, the coats that Bill Skarsgård wears. Like how yes. long they are because he's a long guy. Oh, the scarves. <laughs> all right, sorry. I love when she like rolls her turtleneck up. Oh, oh. Like, like that's yeah. just like yeah. I don't know why she had to do that, but I'm glad she didn't. She did. She did, she did it, it but yeah. she did it for us. She did it for yeah. everyone involved. Thank you, Charlize. They did that in the tra- they showed that in the trailer for sure. Yes. The- yeah, they did. I, yeah, I- it's weird. The more and more I talk about this movie, I'm like, I remember like the trailer so vividly. Yes. I remember the song. Yeah. I remember the beats of it. Yeah. Trailers rule. I don't care what people say. <laughs> I love trailers. I'll awesome. queue up. I'll queue up trailers just to like watch them sometimes. I rewatch yeah, yeah. a lot yeah. of trailers. Yeah. Tra- same. Yeah. Trailers and for them. shit that's not even like great, like I yeah. rewatch, like I rewatch like the like 
like I don't know, if, like the Punisher season one trailer sometimes, just Sick. because it has a great needle drop. Just whatever, just like that kind of shit, and just like, man, this is great. I love it. You should go through Burnthal catalog and just like watch <laughs> Burnthal cat trailers. All of the Burnthal trailers, God, <laughs> kill me and I'll go to heaven. I know Burnthal's your boy for sure. I love. He would have been great in this. Have Burnthal in this thing. You know. Yo, Burnthal, Burnthal for Wake Chapter Four, like. Seriously, let's go. As we're as we're like recording this, and then we'll end, end this up. I just want to mention this. Do you guys know that Don Yen, Donnie Yen just got casted in John Wick Chapter Four? I saw that like right before we got on. Mm-hmm. As Stop. an old, as an old friend of John who has similar enemies. Stop. And this. the moment they said similar enemies, I think I I, I almost wanted to throw my phone out of the stratosphere because right, I was like, this sounds fucking yeah. great. Similar okay. enemies. Okay. What? Similar enemies, Guys, I, just a crazy detail you don't need that makes it so much more awesome. Okay. So I'm I'm just going over here to rate chapter four five stars. All right. Yeah. So, Immediately. Yeah. Wow. Holy yeah, shit. Ended up That's so good. Yeah, isn't someone oh, that you that, that has like an that has a confirmed cast. The sure. Japanese pop star, I Rina forget. Rina Sawayama. I yes. was, I love her a lot, wow. so I, I was so her first excited. like role. It is, yeah. Or like, or, just, yeah. That's insane. That's is Halle Berry? Halle's back, right? I hope so. I, I hope don't know. So. Is she. I hope she has the, her dogs. I, I, oh my gosh! Yeah, those good dogs. boys. Good sick. boys. They kill people, yeah. but good boys. Can we just do yeah. the trilogy? Can we just? Oh my god! Sorry, but yeah, no. I'm excited for chapter four. I, oh, yeah. I want yeah. that oh, yeah. in my life. It's gonna bang. Um, oh. It's gonna yeah. be great. That with like Ke- the like Keanu... two, like two Mission Impossible is gonna come out like around the same time. Yeah. I'm just I'm happy. And it sucks that Keanu is gonna have Chapter Four in Matrix Four this week, like around May June time. If it weren't for. Oh yeah, the Matrix is man. Yeah, Matrix. So much good Keanu content. I know. Yeah, seriously. I can't wait to see what Lana does. I, it's no, Lana, I, right? Is it Lily or Lana? I it's. it's uh, Lana. Yeah, I want to say it's Lana too. Because yeah. it's just her doing it this time. Yep. It's weird because like her going out on her own, making her, like one of her first, maybe like her first film without her sister, and then the cult, and like then Joel making his first movie without his brother. Yeah, it's so strange. Like it's it a bit is of an weird. End of an era. It's a bit of an end. Of yeah, an era. and it's like one of those things where like you go back. Like, can you go back, or is this like a final yeah. thing? Or is this like a thing where you just like no more sibling? director like director it's like well anymore. you know we split for creative differences on this one project and then yeah does eat yeah do they go back together but like it would be weird it's just weird like does ethan now make his own yeah. movies and does lily make yeah. her own movies yeah yeah huh yeah i don't know That'd something to think about yeah. food for thought i don't even yeah but uh, yeah action movies are great uh atomic uh, blonde <laughs> i like a ton i'm glad we were able to talk about it um yeah. Everyone said, yeah, everyone had their favorite scenes. Uh, yeah, no, this was, uh, this is great. Emily, thank you so much for coming on. Please come on anytime yeah. you want. This was fantastic. Thanks. Yes. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Uh, where I can everyone find you movies. on the internet? Um, I'm on Twitter all the time, uh, at Emily Jacobson 25. Um, I don't know. That's where I am actively like with my anything movie related. So if you want to hit me up on there, that's where I am. Um, I haven't written anything in like a minute, but I'm trying to get back into it now that, I don't know, the pandemic was a time, a time loop, it felt like, so now that Mm. it's, things are getting better again, I hope to be like, a little more creative and stuff. 
No, I'm, I'm absolutely right there with you. You're in yeah. department. <laughs> um, yeah, as for myself, I'm on Twitter at Jack A. Draper. Um, I, my running on film before the pandemic was at Simple <laughs> Cinephile, I believe. Um, my own personal medium, uh, cinema, etc. piece there. Uh, where else can this movie Cinefix be found? Down. It is, uh, yes, that's true. Yeah, that one too. Um, I think this is available on Hulu. Is that right? I bought a DVD copy. I have. I yeah. own. I own it. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it's probably. Maybe Hulu. Uh, it's I not Hulu. It never mind. No. Yeah, I. It's available for rental, but I, I think. Yeah. I think we'd recommend the rental. Um. If done. I yeah. Four bucks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next week, um, bit of a big announcement, but we start our awards winner series. Our uh, third, our third one yet again with the best documentary Oscar winners of uh, of the decade. Uh, for those that need a refresher at home, it's Inside Job, Undefeated, Searching for Sugar Man, Twenty Feet from Stardom, Citizen Four, Amy, OJ Made America, Icarus, Free Solo, and American Factory. Those episodes will be going on all during the summer. Uh, we're really excited. Documentaries have been a bit of a blind spot for us. Um, really great guests coming on. It, we get to tackle every year of the decade uh, with these award winners. And um, yeah, I, I've only seen a little over half of them. And um, I've always wanted to check off the blind spots. I, I, I cannot be more excited. I have seen one of them. And so this will be, <laughs> and it's a lot of different topics from national security to rock climbing to yes. uh, like to hedge uh, to wall street to uh football we got yes. we got all of them baby <laughs> well and it's and it's funny like you say there's a lot of them but then it becomes a little bit more contained with like there's a few about football and then there's a few about musicians where it's like it's funny how yeah, yeah there's there's there yeah, yeah, it'll, takes, of, yeah it'll be fun yeah it'll be fun we got a lot of any... new we we have new guests but we also yeah. have returning have a few so returning guests yep. mixable absolutely emily do you have any takes on those or like, have you seen any of those? Uh, I just watched the Amy one recently, and it was really Oh, it's so dead. good. Oh, my gosh. Very, yeah. very good. It's very well made, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Really good. I, I've also seen, um, I've seen a couple of them, but then uh, Free Solo, I don't like heights, so that was a whole <laughs> hard movie to yeah. watch. But it was really, like, interesting and stuff, but um, that movie gave me so much anxiety to watch. I was yeah. just like, why would you, like, climb that high? <laughs> I had an even worse experience seeing it. I was drunk. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's just, like, Whoa. even worse. Yeah, I know. All right, we'll, 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 we'll no good decisions. We got to save that, because that, that, that'll, that'll be fun. That'll, that'll be, be a story. <laughs> that will be a story. Damn, all right. I'm, yes. I didn't think we were have a drunk story but about it, talking about documentaries. Oh. <laughs> I, I think I forgot um, to – anyway, so, like, next week, Inside Job, starting off – Roxana Haddadi will be back. Um, it's going to be excellent. Can't wait to talk. Um, the 2008 financial class. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. So, it's yeah. a fun time talking about the recession. <laughs> and, like, yeah, it'll just know. be a blast. You yeah, know, exactly. How everyone yeah, lost their jobs. Happy. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, goodness gracious. Happy times, happy times. Close us out. Uh, <laughs> that was great. Uh, everyone can follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterboxd. You can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Clay Williams. 
Follow the podcast account on Twitter at ETTPod. You can follow the podcast Instagram account, which I am now running, which I am now getting started at Exiting2010s. You can leave us a voicemail on Anchor. You can subscribe to any podcast platform you're listening us on to. Please remember to uh, rate and review us. We'd greatly appreciate it. Um, You can send us an email at exitingthroughthe2010s at gmail.com. Yeah, that's it. Everyone stay safe. Be good to each other. Be good to yourself. Uh, Get vaccinated. Wear a mask. Do what you got to do. And please remember, as always, trans rights are human rights. Stop Asian hate. Free Palestine. Black Lives Matter. And we'll catch you all next time on Exiting Through 2000.